Hey there, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast, and Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. So, kicking off last May, I kicked off the, as they call it, the dogs, the, the dogs, the Dog Days of Summer series. Yeah, April, May, I covered Homeward Bound and Homeward Bound 2. This month, I am going to be covering 1994's Lassie. Now, this Lassie movie comes from a long line of Lassie-themed television shows and movies. I mean, before this, we had the new Lassie, which I've seen episodes of that. It ran from 89 to 1992. There was the Lassie television show from, like, the 50s and 60s. Since Lassie from 1994 came out, we've gotten Lassie from 2005. There's Lassie Come Home, which is a remake of the movie from the... I'm going to say the 50s from 2020. This one here doesn't even look like it was... Oh, it says remake of the 1943 movie based on Eric Knight's book, Lassie Come Home. And this one looks like it it wasn't made in the U.S. Oh, it says country of origin, Germany. Okay, so, yes. Now, let's talk about the movie I'm going to be covering today, Lassie from 1994. Now, I received this as a Christmas gift in 1995, the VHS copy of Lassie. I had not seen it in the theater, but I had seen the trailers for it on TV. And, of course, one familiar face from this movie you might recognize if you watched The Sandlot in 1993. Tom Gurry, he played Scotty Smalls in The Sandlot. In this movie, he is playing... Matt Turner. We also have Helen Slater as Laura Turner, Matt's new stepmom. We have John Tenney, who you may remember from the movie that I would know him mainly from would be Free Willy 2, The Adventure Home. We have Brittany Boyd playing Matt's younger or young sister, Jennifer. We have Richard Farnsworth playing Len Collins. This is Matt and Jennifer's grandfather, Steve's father-in-law. We have the first film appearance of Michelle Williams, who later went on to be on Dawson's Creek, and she was in a lot of different late uh, 90s movies. Halloween H2O, the movie uh, Kirsten Dunn's called Dick. She's been in so so many and so many movies since then michelle williams is just so amazing all right so this movie was directed by daniel is it petri petri p-e-t-r-i-e when i think when i see this name i immediately think of petri from land before time i'm gonna see what else oh for like two days before my 22nd birthday so yeah he's done some other stuff I'm not really seeing really many other family movies that he's done but okay writer Eric Knight character of Lassie 
This movie's got a 5.9 out of 10. Who is watching this movie that... This has got to be the haters out there that are doing this. This is this is horrible. Who, who does this? All right, let's get to... Okay, fam, film debut of Michelle Williams. Anna Klumski turned down a role in this film. This is 1994, so that would have been around the time of My Girl 2. Maybe she was up for the role of Michelle Williams' character. Helen Slater and John Tenney later played a married couple once again in the season four second part episode of Will and Grace. Never watched that show. Uh, right. Interesting, interesting. In okay, cool. Let's see. Uh, we got some goofs. We got soundtracks. Lassie's main title. This movie has got some amazing movie scores. There's one in particular I will play towards the end of the film. It's just, oh, I love it. It's so gorgeous. Tagline, best friends are forever. This was released July 22nd, 1994. So this was a summer film. Filming locations, mainly all in Virginia and West Virginia. Okay, opening weekend, it made about 3 mil. Grossed overall 9,979,683. So it more than made its money back twice over. So good for, good for the movie. So I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm going to get into the movie. If you're new to the podcast and my movie reviews, this is how I do it. I usually spend about over two hours. I, I watch the movie. I go through the entire movie. So it's like you're sitting down listening to me go through the entire movie, giving my commentary and just talking about the movie. I have not watched this movie, I don't know, I'd say maybe five years. It's been a bit. Maybe it hasn't even been that long, but I love this movie. It's just, it's so good. I was really big into animal movies in the 90s. Really, really big into those. Of course, before I officially get into the movie, I want to let you know where you can listen to the movie reviews. SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, iTunes are going to be your best bet for listening to the movie reviews. If you want to reach out to me, Send me an email. Tell me that you enjoyed the movie review. I'd love to hear from you. You can send an email to either lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com or punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're a regular listener and you're enjoying the podcast and you want to support the show, you can go to either Punky Power. Punky Brewster Podcast on iTunes or even the Wonder Years Podcast, looking back on my Wonder Years, and leave a review. All five-star reviews help the podcast get noticed by other fans of the Wonder Years and Punky Brewster movie reviews. Fans like yourself. So, all right, without further ado, let's jump right into Lassie, the movie from 1994. All right, so the movie opens, and we see so much green lush land in I'm taking it this has got to be Virginia around the Virginia mountains it's gorgeous I've never been but it's beautiful so we see a hilltop we see a bunch of sheep and then we see this dog running up and this is a herding dog you can see it's a collie so we get to see Lassie's life prior to her meeting the Turner family 
Now, the composer for this movie who does the score, his name is Basil... Let me rewind it for a second. Let's see if I can get it. Hold on. Basil Pold... Poldoris, P-O-L-E-D-O-U-R-I-S. Now, I swear I've seen that name come up with... I thought it was like the soundtrack to Free Willy or Free Willy 2. Both which are really, really good movie scores, which I absolutely adore. So yeah, we see Lassie rounding up the sheep. That's her job. She's a, she's a sheep herding dog. So, alright, we close out on that scene in... West Virginia or Virginia, and now we're going to head to Baltimore, Maryland, which I didn't know much about Baltimore, Maryland until, do they even say Maryland? I think they say like Baltimore, 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 but my only take on Baltimore is Good Morning Baltimore from the Hairspray movie, which the one from 2007, I absolutely, I loved it. I saw the movie in July of 2007. I got the soundtrack. I played it straight from July to September. Ugh. But we also cue in as we go to Baltimore because we're going to meet the Turner family and we hear the classic television theme of the black and white Lassie move or uh, show, excuse me. It just says Baltimore. There, it doesn't say Maryland. I'm trying to think if they even say Baltimore, Maryland. I think a lot of they just say Baltimore. They expect if you if you don't know where Baltimore is, well then I guess you're out of luck. <laughs> so yeah, they live in a red brick. Bi- is that a duplex? Is that it's like two houses like smushed together. It's not a brownstone, but it, oh, it, it says for sale. Okay. So we hear, Lassie, come home. I, is that part of the theme? I don't know. But the girl, Matt, we haven't met Matt. We first are introduced to his younger sister that's probably about maybe eight. Jennifer, flaming red hair, this girl. And Matt, too, also has, you know, the reddish strawberry blonde hair. Cue the... I don't even know if this is a 19-inch television, but standard def all the way, 1994. He's watching a Lassie episode, and Lassie comes running to this barn that has a Benji-type-looking dog with a bunch of puppies that are nursing. Here comes Matt and Jennifer's dad, Steve, with a box. He's like, hey, folks, it's moving day. Okay, here's the thing. You're moving. Wouldn't your vehicle already be ready to go? Why are you? And the fact that they, they're, they like, leaving. He says, hey, Matt, we're leaving at 2.30. Because Matt's a skater boy. He's a 1994 skater boy. He's got the ripped, like, what do you call them, like, biker? Like, they're, like, um... Fingerless gloves, he's got the bandana, he's got... This kid is, like, the polar opposite of Scotty Smalls from The Sandlot. Like, those two characters would never hang out with one another. Not to mention, Tom Gurry's got kind of a... He's grown his hair out just a little bit. He also has an earring, too, which is going to come up as a factor a couple times in the movie. What a jerk of a big brother. Oh, my. This house still has boxes all stacked up. 
you'd think you'd be getting that stuff done because they're just driving their vehicle, their station wagon or whatever. And they have, they end up pulling like a little U-Haul thing. And I'm thinking, that stuff, if you're leaving that day, your U-Haul and your vehicle are going to already be back more likely be packed the night before. You're not waiting to the day of to start shoving things in a U-Haul and then going. The fact that they're leaving at like 2.30 in the afternoon, who leaves at that time? Of You want to get a good start, right? I mean, I don't know how. I, I'm going to find out right now. Where's my phone? Let's find out how far Baltimore, Maryland is from, or Maryland is from um, West Virginia. West for Wheat, Virginia. West Virginia. Okay, let's see here. Um, for heaven's sake, I just want to know how far it is from what to. Unless it's not very far. I could be wrong. I don't know. Four hours and 59 by car, and that's in light traffic. So that's not terrible. I mean, you, I, 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 can, I guess I can forgive them leaving at like 2.30 in the afternoon. But yeah, anyway, Matt comes in, and it takes the remote. He's like, I thought I told you not to watch this crap. And he turns off Lassie and puts on some, not, you know, MTV music video. You know, back before they showed just rea uh, reality TV, they showed music videos. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, I like Lassie. And then he just, like, puts the remote on top of the TV and says, you'll thank me when you're older. So, yeah, Matt just, he is coming off as a big jerk. It does take a bit for him to, granted, he's, like, 13, 14. He's, he's a 90, he's a teenager. He's gonna be mouthy. And he's always walking around with his headphones. This was me in 1993. Through, like, 1999. So, of course, Laura, the stepmom, is pretty much... I don't know how long she and Steve have been married. But I feel like Ari being a mom figure to Jennifer, which she doesn't really... Re I guess the mom, like, passed away, I don't know how many years ago. From I'm guessing it's going to be, like, a, she passed away from an illness. Let's just shoot for that. And more likely, Jennifer doesn't really remember her mom, so she's pretty much, Laura is mom to her. And Laura's like, Jennifer, get your breakfast. Of course, she ends up colliding into Matt, who's walking through the kitchen at the same time. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. He's like, hey, it's fine. He puts his hands up like, hey, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Yeah, this kid... <laughs> Tom Gurry's always, it seems like he was playing roles where it's like he didn't know how to interact with the step-parent. Like, in the Sandlot, it was all like, Bill, I mean, Dad, I mean, but here he's constantly just, you know, calling her Laura. I don't know anybody that had a step-parent that was calling them either Mom or Dad. Usually you would just call them by whatever their first name is, and it was fine. This kid is such a punk. He is such a punk. To mention, not is he all about. He's not just all about the music and the headphones. He's all about his skateboard. And apparently, he can just go to the school playground and just ride a skateboard. He is wearing the proper equipment, you know, the knee pads, the elbow pads, that kind of thing. I mean, he's wearing jeans and a hoodie. So, 
He's also wearing a helmet, so he is practicing proper skateboard safety. This kid, and I don't even know if this is maybe him, if he did his own skateboard stunts. They're not really stunts. All he's doing is like skating one way, flipping the board, skating the other way, flipping the board, and then in the backyard, if you want to call it that, he's got his own skate ramp where he's going back and forth and back and forth. And I guess that's what, get, you know, skateboarders do. I mean, we, it's not like we're going to see him do some skateboard trick on, a, like, a railing or something. So Steve is still getting... Looks like they got the U-Haul mainly all packed. And it's a small one. It's just one that you, like, hook up to your car. It's like a mini trailer. And he's still, like, putting stuff in the back of the station wagon. And Matt, of course, is on his skateboard ramp thing. He's not paying. He's got his headphones on. And as Steve's going back to go back into the house to get more stuff, he's, like, Hitting his uh, hand, trying to get Matt's attention. Like, hey, we're leaving at 2.30. I want you off this thing and ready. I want you basically in the car so we can go. So Steve comes back into the house. Laura's like, oh, did you put that brown suitcase in the U-Haul or whatever? And he's like, yeah, yeah, honey, I did that. And she's like, well, I put Jennifer's books in there. I checked the time. It's five hours. Granted, granted, this is 94. Kids didn't have screens to look at on road trips. How many books is that kid going to go through? She's eight. I mean, is she reading chapter books? I don't know. Maybe she's not eight. Maybe she's seven. Who knows? Oh, my goodness. He's like, I put Jennifer's books in there. We need them for the trip. And as he's getting ready to go up the stairs, he turns on his wife. He's like, why would you do that? And then uh, she kind of backs up like, okay. And he's like, hey, look, I'm sorry. And it turns out we do learn that the home they're moving to is the childhood home of Steve's dead wife. And he's asking his new way, like, hey, are you going to be all right with this? I know this just seems kind of weird. We're going to be living in the house. that His dead wife's name is Anne. And she says, I can handle this. <laughs> I think. Well, she doesn't really have a choice in the matter. Turns out what they're doing is they're going there because he wants to get the kids out of that city life living in Baltimore. And he also is, he's a contractor. So he was set up to build something for this farmer out there. And that's going to, that's something that'll fall through. We'll get into that later. Don't forget, don't forget, 1994, prime plaid and flannel. Both Steve and Laura are wearing a shade of plaid. I wore plaid in the 90s. It was the thing to do. You know, this is really weird because Laura was all dolled up like she was going to a, a job at an office somewhere in the morning. And it's been, what, a few hours later and she's all... <laughs> like dressed for a day of like house cleaning I mean her hair is all down she's wearing her flannel I mean no one's getting dolled off to sit in a car for five hours <laughs> let me put on my Sunday best we're gonna go for a five hour drive they're moving they're not going on a road trip the thing is I don't know how long she and Steve have been married for at this point has it been a year has it been a couple years 
Seriously, look, headbang and music here. Listen to this. I mean, I wasn't into headbang and music in the in the 90s. I mean, yes, I did listen to WGRD, like alternative rock, like Bush, Counting Crows, stuff like that. <laughs> Produced by Lauren Michaels. Oh, we still have credits coming up. It's like, it's like 15 minutes into the movie. You can see that station wagon from where they're filming it. It's like the back is literally chock full of everything that couldn't fit into a U-Haul. And they had a house. How much stuff? I mean, unless something else is coming later with like their furniture or the... Well, they're moving into a house that is already going to have furniture in it. So they're probably just bringing like the essentials. I mean, we brought... We packed up a house and a 26-foot U-Haul trailer to fit into a two-bedroom apartment. Didn't we just get the directed by credit already earlier? No, well, Daniel wants to make sure everyone remembers his name. Okay, here is one of those classic discussions that kids have back when you don't have a screen in front of your face to occupy your time. The old, is Santa Claus, is he real? Is he a myth? Yeah. Think about it, Jennifer. How many kids are there in the world? I don't know. Like billions, okay? And probably a quarter of those are kids, right? Yeah. Well, that means 250 million kids and about three presents a kid. That means 750 million presents in one night with one guy and eight reindeer. Dad! What's going on back there? Nothing. It's impossible, Jen. The guy's a hoax. Mom! Her name's Laura. Okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so he's basically telling her Santa Claus is not real. The fact that you believe in him means you're, you need to, I got, this, <laughs> so hey, we're moving to a new state. Let's also like rip the band-aid off with, oh, you want to know another thing? Santa Claus isn't real. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to prove in every way, shape, or form that he's not. And of course, Jennifer's all like, dad. And then she's like, mom. And of course, Matt's like, her name is Laura. Remember that. Oh my goodness. This kid. This kid. The fact that he took a break from his headphones to have a <laughs> ruin his little sister's uh, childhood. I'm like, Santa Claus isn't real. Alright, so we get back to Lassie. She is in a truck with her owner. They have a semi-full trailer of sheep. Lambs, use whatever you want to call them. They're, I guess they're going to the market. I don't know. And you just see in, in the cab, you see Lassie there. And you see her owner kind of putting a reassuring hand on her. Just like, hey girl, we got a long drive ahead of us. Get comfortable. And that's pretty much the only line of dialogue we get from her owner. Because there is a car accident. Not to mention, it is rainy. Those rigs can't stop on a dime, and he slams on his brakes, gets into an accident. The Turner family is also following behind, like, several car lengths behind when they get stopped. Like, hey, there's an accident. And then, of course, like, I, I don't know. I, 
honestly think it is rude. Like, don't, yeah, you're sitting in your car. You don't need to get out What and, and, and watch, you know, this this poor man who has passed on, you know, being removed from his, his truck. Oh, my gosh. But then we're getting this view from Lassie's point of view, who is kind of hiding in the wooded area, kind of looking at these families, and she keeps coming back to the Turner family, because dogs are very perceptive. They're very, like, a sixth sense. Like, they can tell. And she hones right in on Matt. Like, here's a kid. He looks troubled. And the family, finally, the firefighter or police officer, whoever's like, okay, we're getting this cleaned up. Everyone, please get back in your cars. And then that's where Jennifer is the one who spots Lassie first, which is interesting because it's dark. It's it's nighttime. It's raining. Granted, Lassie is the typical collie colors, you know, white and kind of um, golden brown hue. You know, your typical collie colors. Of course, before we get to that, we cut back to... Steve driving. He's trying to get Matt's attention. Matt's now got his headphones on, so he's, like, blocking out the world. And he's like, hey, Matt, what do you say we stop somewhere and get something to eat? And he's like, hey, Matt, Matt. And he's looking behind him, and Laura's like, hey, look out! And he's got to slam on his brakes before he hits the car in front of him because there's a long line of cars that have stopped because there's the accident up front. It's like, dude, you can see your kid in the rearview mirror. You don't got to turn your head around so you're not facing... What's in front of you? My gosh. And your kid ain't going to hear you anyway because he's got his headphones on. That's headphone etiquette 101, everybody. Oh, I also forgot to mention that there are sheep literally all over the road due to this accident. This semi turning over. You know, they have the rating for, they put like, preteen mischief or whatever they should have a rating for the fact that they pulled this guy out of that overturned semi they didn't need to show that we could see it by lassie's face that this her owner is now deceased we don't need to see the 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 firefighters or, or the ambulance people like pulling him out of the truck and putting him on a stretcher like good grief I know in the 90s, you know, we did things different. We did show things that normally probably wouldn't be shown in a PG movie nowadays. But they could have cut the scene and we would have, we would have known. Like, the reason that Lassie is with this other family is because her owner is, you know, passed on. We don't need to see this scene. We don't even see them put a white sheet over him. This is, we don't need to see this. We don't need to see this to know that he's passed on. I mean, I can honestly see a kid watching this even today or even in the 90s. I mean, I was like 13 when I watched this for the first time, but it's like, I can see this being a traumatizing scene for a kid to see. Actually, to be honest, when Lassie's looking at these line of cars with people standing out outside of them. The Turner family is the only, like, family family. I mean, you see a couple adults with one vehicle, another adult with another, and so on. And she, like, hones in on this family. 
So the ambulance goes off, and then the cop's like, all right, everybody, back in your cars. I, I'm i not surprised that the cop didn't say when people started getting out, like, remain in your vehicle. In an emergency situation, what do you do? You stay in your vehicle. You don't get out and watch. Heck, if this were 2020, people would probably be shooting video and putting it on YouTube or something. Because that's just how insensitive people are, I guess. I mean, this but this, of course, is where Steve's like, all right, everyone, back in the vehicle, let's go. And then that's this is where Jennifer sees Lassie. Like, Matt, look, it's Lassie. And then Matt's like, well, Lassie doesn't exist. What are you talking about? And then this dog is literally, I mean, full-on carbon copy Lassie, 100% Lassie looking. And the fact that, I mean, she can see it, it's, like I said, it's raining, it's dark out, but that white fur, that white collie fur stands out against the night, I guess. Jennifer, like any young kid who sees a dog, oh, look, it's a dog! And you go right over. And of course, Steve's like, no, Jennifer, don't pet a strange dog. You don't know where the dog has been. The dog does not look aggressive. But then again, I understand. It's like, no, you don't go up to a, a dog that you just met and just assume it's going to be friendly. You need to take precautions. That's why they say you don't just go over a dog's head and start petting. You, like, put your hand out, your fist out. That way they can sniff your hand, make sure that you know, you're like, hey, look at me. I come in peace. I'm a friendly person. Please don't bite me. And, of course, <laughs> the fact that Matt's like, oh, geez, Jennifer. First Santa Claus, now Lassie. And then Matt, like, really looks at the dog like, oh, my gosh. She, like, she might be right. And, of course, Steve's like, no, we got to go. No. And he picks up Jennifer and, like, literally has to, like, put her in the car. Like, we're not taking the dog with us. And the fact, like, oh, look, it's her. And then he's like, Jen, he'll be fine. And she's like, it's a she. But wasn't there a thing about whether or not, like, they did use some male dogs as for the role of Lassie? I thought that might be the case in this movie, too. Like, they just, like, taped down the, um, the hoo-ha area. And then, like, the fur is so long anyway, you're not going to know. So now they actually do go to dinner <laughs> and Steve's like boring Laura with all these contractor like price of lumber and blah, 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 blah. No big city hassle for permits or whatever. Jennifer's like, hey, can I play the jukebox? I have my own money. Wasn't that the coolest thing? Like you go into a restaurant that's got a jukebox. You're like, I am so playing Garth Brooks right now or something like that. And of course, Matt's like, hey, no Paula Abdul or Janet Jackson, you know, because it's like 1994. A jean jacket over a hoodie, everybody, because it's like October. What does he have? What does Matt have against Paula Abdul or Janet Jackson? Seriously. 
So Matt, of course, pushes his plate away. It doesn't even look like he's touched anything on that. And it looks like Steve's getting ready to, you know, put out a tip or pay the bill or whatever. He's like, you're not going to eat that? And Matt says, well, I'm not hungry. He's being such a diva right now. And, of course, Steve's like, well, then why did you order it? And you just see this look on Matt's face like, oh, you want to push me right now? Let's go. He's being a teenage brat. But I can't say that I didn't act like this on occasion when I was irritated about something or maybe I wasn't getting my way or whatever. I don't know. He's like, well, I'm not hungry. And Steve says, well, then why did you order it? Yeah, you know that those, like, sit-down, you know, country, homemade-type restaurants, you know they charge an arm and a leg for, I mean, I'm sure that platter of, what, chicken fried steak or whatever he ordered was probably, like, $12 in 1994 money. But you're getting a good meal. You're getting home-cooked food. I mean, this isn't like KFC where they hire cooks from people that have probably never cooked before and throw them in the back. I mean, I work at KFC, all right? I saw some of these people that were claiming, you know, you know how the commercials for KFC are like, oh, we have trained cooks. And it's like, no, you don't. I've seen the people that work in the back. I, like I said, I work at a KFC, okay? Those people were not certified cooks. So don't give me that garbage. These sit-down restaurants, the mom and... If you want to even call them like mom and pop type restaurants where it's not a chain, it's just people that love to cook. Those are the restaurants, they put so much work and love into what they cook. You know you're getting a good meal. I'm not saying you're not getting a good meal at KFC. But I'm saying like these are the good... Like you will pay these prices to have a really good sit-down meal. And of course, <laughs> Jennifer's out looking out the window. Oh my gosh, look, Lassie's back! <laughs> and of course, Matt's like, Jennifer, it's not Lassie. And Jennifer's like, well, how would you know? And Matt says, well, because Lassie doesn't exist. And Laura even backs up Jennifer, like, well, whatever doesn't exist, just follow us, follow us here. And, of course, we're outside of the restaurant because la the Lassie dog is hanging out literally right by their vehicle, by the U-Haul. So, Lass uh, Lassie, <laughs> Jennifer's like, hey, can we keep her? And Steve says, no, of course we can't. And Jennifer's like, why? And, I mean, I get the part of, well, she probably belongs to somebody. Well, she doesn't anymore because he sadly passed away. And he's like, and we're full enough as it is. <sighs> you got a station wagon. Put her between the two kids. She'll be fine. Trust me. Keeps calling the dog an it because it probably belongs to somebody. <sighs> this dog is going to change your life, sir. I hope you know this. Jen, be careful. Say, she loves us. She wants to be with us. 
Oh, Pretty gentle. Really, she just wants food. <sighs> of course. Whatever, she Sue. Yeah, she's making a good point. Hey, you too? Come on. It's weird enough as it is. Why not add a dog? Honey, come on. Well, why not? They're making a good point. This is ridiculous. Where would we put it? <laughs> the backseat, yeah. How about the back seat? Exactly. Come on, let's take her. <clears throat> Alright, the backseat. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Woodpen station wagon. <laughs> Is that supposed to be a Baltimore accent? <laughs> get away from me! Hey, he's like, hey, get away from me! It's like he's trying to do like a tough guy slash like. Like Baltimore, Maryland accent or something. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, no, well, I think that what Jennifer was making good points. Like, kids are supposed to have dogs, it helps us grow up right. And Steve's all like, Jennifer, please. And of course, Laura's like, I think she's sweet. Let's, why, it's, and she said, it's weird enough as it is. Why not add a dog? I mean, the dog followed you there. I don't know how many miles away that diner was, but seriously. And, of course, he's like, well, where will we put the dog? He opens the back door. The dog jumps right in. It's like, come on. Of course, I guess Matt's been hanging out by the U-Haul. And then Laura, like, opens the back door. Like, Matt, you coming or what? So... Out pops Lassie. She goes over and grabs Matt's jean jacket like in an attempt to, like, come on, let's go, let's go. You know she's really joining that family because Matt needs a friend. And this is where he's like, hey, hey, get away from me. It's like, what, dude? Seriously, enough with the tough guy act. You're not tough. Mr. Jean Jacket over a hoodie and a bandana. So, yeah, we see them pulling out of the Snow White Motel, which apparently has HBO movies and commercial rates and a disgusting-looking indoor pool that is literally, like, 50 feet away from this garbage-looking hotel. Ugh. Those are the ones that you avoid. Those are the hotels that are just like, you know what, I think I'm gonna go for a chain hotel over well this is a motel this isn't a hotel it's a motel so now we're in the car and matt's complaining about the dog stinking and of course jennifer's like look who's talking but the way she says it is like these kids are like putting on like accents that just they sound so phony but jennifer's here i'll play it it sounds too, like, ridiculously, laughably phony. His dog stinks. Look who's talking. I don't have fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you hear her, right? It's just so laughably bad. But the fact that when he's like, oh, this dog stinks, and she's like, look who's talking. And he says, I don't have fur. And I'm like, but you are a teenager, and teenagers 
are going to stink if they don't wear deodorant. That's just common rule. Guys, I was a teenager. Trust me. I, I know about that stuff. You don't put that stuff on. You don't roll on that deodorant. You're going to smell pretty ripe. Pretty dang quickly. So definitely they are in a whole new environment. Two lane road. You got your mountains in the background. You got your. This is definitely fall because you do see the trees are starting to slowly change color, like from green to like nice golden, you know, hues, orange, reds. I that's honestly other than um. The air being crisp in the fall. Well, I'm referring to when I lived in Michigan. The colors are gorgeous. That's like the best. I mean, about the leaves. That's about as far as it goes when it comes to, a, you know, saying positive things about the leaves. Now, raking them up was not something I was into, but we still had to do it. One of the trials of home ownership. But yeah, it's like green pastures as far as the eye can see. You got your mountains, you got your trees. A lot of farmland, a lot of farms, neighbors' houses are more spread out. They're not as close to each other. And that's the thing, growing up in the country, I mean, yeah. The houses weren't nearly as close. So it clearly looks like it's morning. The sun is up. They stop at the Collins store, which is Anne's maiden name. And, of course, being Steve's you know, wife that passed away, and Matt and Jennifer's mother. Oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, the the grandpa owns a, a, a country store, which is funny because in Where the Red Fern Grows, that grandfather also ran an old country store. There's this giant, it says Collins store on the side. It looks, this country store basically looks like a two-story house, and it's got... The Pepsi sign on the side of it, it also has the blue and white, red, blue, and white American, like, gas station logo on on it, too. I don't, am I missing something? I don't see any pumps at this, is this also a gas station? Okay, so here is where we get to meet Grandpa, and <laughs> yes, he will have something to say about Matt's earring, <laughs> and of course... When he talks about, oh, oh, yeah, when they get out of the car, Matt immediately goes over to the sign that has the population on it. And he's like, oh, my gosh, there's only, I don't even think there's a thousand people in this town of Franklin Falls. I totally forgot to turn the subtitles on. So yeah, the family pours out of the station way again, and Steve's like, all right, this is it, Franklin Falls. And then we see this rusted out sign that says, welcome to Franklin Falls, Virginia, population 148. And Matt's just looking at, like, 148. And Steve says, hey, it's a country, pal. There's room out here. And then Matt starts talking about, like, there's more people than that in a supermarket. There's more people than that in a subway. And when he's like, there's more people than that on a subway. And Jennifer says, you've never been on a subway. And Matt's like, yeah, but I know how much they hold. This kid is constantly like, 
you took us to nowhere. That's where we moved. We moved to nowhere. And Steve's getting so frustrated. He's like, Matt, in a little while, you're going to like it here. And Matt's like, in a little while, I'm going to take a bus back to Baltimore. Oh, really? Good luck finding one. Oh, okay. So I do see a couple of gas pumps. Oh, gas was a, uh, a, I almost said 102, a dollar two back in 1994. <laughs> and I love how Lassie is like staying right next to Matt. Another thing I noticed when Matt yells, his voice is very, it's normally soft. It doesn't sound like a voice that normally yells. Like when you yell, like your voice like gets, you know, higher it's like in a little while i'm gonna take a bus back to baltimore or something it's like dude even in the sandlot this kid is like yelling but not really yelling and then oh here comes uh len this is like i said this is ann's father the kids his grandfather he's like oh there's my grandkids we do oh my gosh this is such a country store we got a couple guys on a bench and we got a dude in a rocking chair, just hanging out, just chatting. Thought of that country store could use a paint job. <laughs> Gosh, when was the last time I saw their grandfather, their mom's funeral? Because Jennifer runs up and like, Grandpa, I missed you, Grandpa. And he, she like jumps into his arms. And of course he sees Matt, who has a tight-lipped smile. <laughs> Oh, he hugs Matt, and he's like, is that an earring you're wearing, son? Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is 1994. Was it that uncommon for guys to wear, you know, teenagers to wear an earring? I mean, I didn't notice, like, the two-earring type of thing until, like, the Backstreet Boys and, and NSYNC. When I'm like, oh, yeah, guys can wear an earring in each year. Okay, cool. I'm down with that. Whatever. Then again, I guess things roll a little differently in Virginia. I don't know. <laughs> they act like it's the weirdest thing. Like, oh my gosh, you're wearing an earring? <sighs> Come on. Okay, so he hasn't, Len hasn't even met Laura yet. Because Steve's like, oh, Len, I'd like you to meet my wife, Laura. Oh boy, this has got to be awkward. It's like the new wife living in the house that, you know, his his daughter grew up in and just ugh. so Len is just so excited like, oh, I can't tell you how happy I'm to have these youngsters here with me and then you hear Lassie bark and Len's like oh what do we have here and Jennifer's like that's our new dog and and Steve is all like yeah it's just a stray we picked up on the side of the road and Len's like just a stray like looking at him like he's like are you nuts this is a beautiful animal with a fine pedigree because she is pure collie, pure collie, pure lassie collie. It's like, this is a beautiful dog. It's a fine pedigree. Yeah. I love how Jennifer's like, see, to Matt, like, he don't care. The expression on Matt's face when she's like, see, and she gives him a dirty look and he just kind of like, okay <laughs> yeah you really showed me there so len's like hey i'm sure you guys want to see the house before it gets dark i'll get my truck and and, and steve's like no 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 when that's all right i remember the way this, this looks like maybe 9 10 a.m in the morning and, and apparently as soon as i get back on the road boom 
lightning flashing, storms are brewing. Ugh. And by the time they actually get to the house, it's pitch black outside. How far away is this house? I mean, it's like they go through a torrential rainstorm. It's sunny out. This is literally, it looks like it's like 9, 10 in the morning. And then all of a sudden, it takes like, what, umpting hours? I'm not buying that. I mean, the, is the weather in Virginia just like, hey, if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes? That's a saying in Michigan, but apparently that's also the saying here in Texas from what I hear. Like, oh, if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes. It'll change. Every time There's someone has a baby, you still have to change that, though. Well, there's more people yeah. than that in the subway. You never it's like 152. Well, I know what they hold. They took us to nowhere. That's where we moved. We moved to nowhere. Mac, in a little while, you're going to like it. In a little while, you're going to like it. Where's my grandkids? Where's my grandkids? Well, how's my big fella? Is that a earring you're wearing, sir? Oh, yeah. It's the latest style, nine to polar. Then I'd like you to meet my wife, Laura. Well, I'm glad to meet you, man. It's a pleasure to finally meet you. Finally meet him. Well, I can't tell you how oh, good it is to have these two months you'd like to meet me. Hey, what do we have here? That's a good dog. Oh, this is a stray we picked up on the side of the road. <laughs> Just a stray? This is a beautiful dog. Fine pedigree, I bet you. Well, I guess you folks like to see the house before it gets dark. I'll, I'll get the truck and you can follow me. Oh, no, no, that's all right. I remember the way. Thank you. There you are. We'll see you tomorrow. Right, we'll see you then. Bye, bye, Grandpa. Good to see you, Matt. Bye, Grandpa. Matt, all aboard. Come on. The dog, Lassie's waiting for permission from Matt. Like... Yeah! Looking at this now, it's just like, where'd the sun go? Because as soon as they start driving, it's like the sun literally disappears and rain clouds just... For... It starts literally raining. Like, sprinkling, and then it feels like it's a torrential downpour and then by the time they get to the house it's like pitch black outside like good grief but that's the thing about weather i mean you can have a nice sunshiny day and then all of a sudden the clouds come in it's like well where'd the sun go so yeah they're driving along and jennifer's looking out the window we don't see it yet but she says wow is that our farm it's beautiful i love how she's just casually like petting lassie who's sitting right next to her yeah, let's take it. Let's let's take a look at this farm in quotes. Oh my god, they got skylights. They got like a two-stall garage. This this is like modern for 1994. This is like modern. I mean, wait until you actually get to see the inside. This is like 
apparently in this movie, Virginia, like, is all about sheep herding, sheep farming, just that's where the money is in the wool, in the meat, in the, in the, the sheep herding industry is, like, bank for Virginia in this movie in 1994. And, of course, Steve's like, oh, honey, no, we're, we're still, we're up the road a ways. This isn't us. As soon as Steve's like, oh, no, sweetie, we're up the road a bit. You just see this big, giant, disappointed look on Jennifer's face. And even Matt's like, no, but I want to go there, though. But you're driving along like, hey, I think I want to live there. Like, oh, somebody already lives there, so you can't. I don't get to pick and say, I want that house. Well, it's not for sale. Someone already lives there. What is Laura laughing about? It's like right before... I keep wanting to call him John because the actor's name is John. But Steve's like, well, wouldn't you know, it's starting to rain. Because you already see, like, the sprinkles on the window. And right before he says, like, wouldn't you know, it's starting to rain. It looks like she's kind of, like, laughing about, like, some chuckling to herself about something. What? I mean, she found it funny that Jennifer thought that was the house they were going to? That's our farm! From the looks of it, it doesn't even, that house, you don't look at that house and say, hey, there's a farm there. I didn't see any farm anywhere. <laughs> I just saw a house with a bunch of skylights and people that clearly have much, too much money. They don't know how to spend it correctly. I don't know. I mean, we're just, I'm going to, I'm going to table what the house looks like because, whew. I get the kids' hesitation because, like I said, it's raining, it's dark, you really can't see the house. There's, like, this big tree in front of it. And Matt just takes one look and says, no way, this is it? <laughs> and, of course, Steve's like, oh, don't worry, it'll be better inside. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, here, let's let's show you just how better it is when they get inside the house. Wait, which light? Oh. <laughs> you Are you kidding me? So there's no TV. No, Matt, there's no TV. That means there's no MTV. Oh, great, really great. Why don't we just kill ourselves? Okay, yeah, let's go back to when they get into the house. Here, let me turn on the light. Oh, great, there's no electricity. 
And Len leaves a note saying, hey, look, sorry, uh, the power's out, should be up in a couple of weeks. A couple weeks! Not to mention, they just met him at the store. He couldn't have said, hey, by the way, I'm sorry, power's out of the house. You couldn't have mentioned that? And said, hey, look, power's out of the house. Um, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, there's only 148 people in that town. I don't know where they're going to find, like, a hotel to stay, because... You, and, again, it's the country. So, I guess getting electricity to this house is not going to be a top priority <laughs> for uh, consumers' energy. So, but yeah, it's just, it's creepy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe that's a flashlight. Because um, I was going to say, they're unloading the car, and all of a sudden, I'm seeing a light in that. But that could very well just be a lantern, a flashlight candle but anyway they're walking around with a flashlight not to mention like i said it's raining out this is this is creepy this would be creepy right you're going and walking around in a house you're not familiar with with a flashlight everything looks spooky dark and then you're going up the stairs hey let's check out the upstairs and like oh here's a bedroom and he's like, well, the bed should be fine until we get the sheets and everything all, you know, done. And Matt's like, why even bother? <laughs> I love how Steve, like, shines a flashlight on Matt's face and says, hey, you're going to help me unload the car. They're unloading the car and <sighs> add insult to injury. Steve's like, hey, don't forget this, as he hands Matt the skateboard. And Matt is already royally PO'd anyway. He's like, great. No pavement. What am I supposed to do with this? What kind of kid would want to live here? And this is the first time he brings up Matt's mom to Matt in anger and frustration, which this kid is really pushing all his buttons really, really hard. He says, hey, look, it wasn't so bad for your mother. And you just see Matt's face just like, whatever. It seems like it's, it's going from bad to worse. I mean, you go from a town you've known your whole life, you move out of state to a place that's got 148, well, now 152 people. They're going to have to change that sign. Do they, like, wouldn't they have to update that sign every time someone has a kid? Uh, the sign definitely could use updating anyway because it's an old metal sign. It's rusted. It looks disgusting. But... Yeah, you move to out of state to a, you're from a place that's got a lot of people, and then you move to a place nowheresville, falls something I've already forgotten. Franklin Falls, excuse me, and then you end up showing up at this house. It's dark. It's rainy. You find out there's no electricity, and it it won't be on. It's not like oh it'll be back in a couple days. No, it won't be on for a couple weeks. A couple weeks? Really? And Matt's all like, great, so there's no electricity means there's no TV. And Steve says, yes, Matt, there's no TV. And Matt says, so that means there's no MTV. And then he's like, oh my gosh, we should just... And it's like, dude, I get it, it's 94. All right? You miss some of the good shows, you know, your TGI lineup. You're not seeing them until umpteen years later when those shows are released on DVD or eventually on streaming. But he's like, oh my gosh, MTV! Oh my goodness. 
It's like, really, Matt, chill out. I don't think it's going to hurt you if you miss a music video once in a while. By the time you're, like, in your late 20s, someone will have already put it on, like, YouTube or something, and you can watch them then. People, I don't even think they make music videos anymore. Do they? Do they still make music videos? And if they do, how are you watching them? Because you know MTV's all about Teen Mom and some other Jersey Shore show or something. They ain't playing music videos. Or if they are, <laughs> they ain't watching them. So yeah, it's basically in adding insult to injury. This is Matt's favorite thing to do other than listen to his headphones is be on a skateboard. And I don't think you're going to find a skateboard ramp anywhere in Virginia. So Jennifer pops into the room that Laura's in like, oh, hey, Laura, can this be my room? And Laura's like, honey, I don't think anyone's going to fight you for it because Matt could care less. Oh, yeah, there's a, a, book sh a little mini bookshelf of encyclopedias. <laughs> it shows just how old this house is. <laughs> like my grandparents' house. Okay, so she is setting up a lantern there. Okay, good. Yeah, because you got to have some light. Unless she even bothers to ask Matt. You know he don't care. Like, oh, Matt. Because she's trying to make conversation. Matt, which room do you want? And he just, like, shakes his head and just walks into a room. Which, interesting, because he picked that room because that room has significance. That was the room his, that was the room his mom grew up in. Which, that'll come back later. I don't know, does he have a lantern in this room? Because where's this light coming from? Not to mention, he's just got a pillow and he's just laying on what looks like a stanky mattress. Blech. So, yeah, Steve goes up there to apologize to Matt. Like, hey, look what I said outside. And Matt is just shutting him down. Like, hey, forget it. It was nothing. And Steve's like, no, it's not nothing. It's just right after your mother died, I made a point not to talk about her in front of you because I see it really, really upset you. You can tell that he is, Matt's got tears in his eyes. Clearly, that really hit him emotionally. Oh my gosh. This. <sighs> yeah, he's saying, look, I know we can't bring her back, but that doesn't mean we need to forget her. Dude, this is not the time to have this conversation. You got a lot more problems to deal with than, you know, you talking about Matt's mom. And just leave that for another time. You, you, you got no power in the house. Kids still adjusting to having to live in a whole new place. So just this is a conversation that could wait for another day. What exact, ex, uh, what reaction is he hoping to get out of Matt? He knows his kid is a teenager. He's sullen. He's moody. He's snappy. Just let him be. Leave him alone. He'll come out of his shell eventually. But that is not the time to be having that conversation. So, <laughs> Steve leaves, shuts the door, not all the way, because then Lassie goes into Matt's room and, like, she, like, she pushes the door open. Like, let me in here. And, of course, we hear Jennifer wanting to be tucked in, you know, by her dad and by Laura and, like, ugh. And then Lassie, I love how she lays right down by Matt's bed. Like, she's not jumping on the bed with him, she's just... Laying down. Aw, it's so sweet. She is such a loyal dog. 
So because it was dark and raining the night before, we get this beautiful sunny morning and Steve lets Lassie out because Lassie's got to go to the bathroom. And he's like, oh, everyone wants a dog and I'm the one who's got to let the dog out. But he steps out onto the porch and just takes in this amazing, gorgeous view of the green hills, the mountains, just this wide expanse of open space. And even Jennifer opens her window. There's no screen in it, of course, because they don't do that in movies and TV. <laughs> and she is just like, wow, cool. Because even at like seven or eight years old, she still can appreciate beautiful scenery. Okay, yeah, also, you know, Steve's wearing like a hoodie and some sweatpants because you know without electricity, it's like... Oh, I gotta bundle up. I need some. <laughs> I need some a comforter. I need a quilt. Uh, I remember. <coughs> excuse me. Going from a waterbed, which I'd had since the age of like eleven to nineteen, and then going back to a regular bed, I was so cold. Granted, I had the temperature way, way up on the waterbed, but even so, I'm like, I'm wearing socks, I'm wearing sweatpants, I'm wearing a sweatshirt, and I, and blankets on me. I'm still cold. But yeah, he steps out, and mind you, this is like September, October, leaves are changing, looks gorgeous out, and just, he just takes in just all this beauty and scenery that they didn't even see the night before because it was pitch black and raining. Oh, I'm sorry, you actually get everyone's reaction. You get Laura's reaction, which is just open mouth, like, awe moment. And then you get Jennifer, who's just like, cool. She pushes back the curtains. Matt's the one that actually opens his window. And you got Lassie running up the hill like she was born to, she was born to do this. This is her job. This is what she does. She herds sheep. She is built to run. And be a working dog. She's in her element. Alright, I'm guessing that Steve's going to go meet with his contractor. And Laura and Jennifer are in the kitchen unpacking boxes of kitchen stuff. Jennifer found the pots and pans. Like, Alright, there we go. And Steve comes into the kitchen and says, Alright, I'll come back later and then you and I can go to the store. What store would they be going to by chance? Just out of curiosity. I mean, there's only 148 people in that town. I don't think they're going to have a Kroger or a Meyer or a Walmart even. If that, I mean, they probably have to go to the next town to get what they need. Okay? I'm like, I'm, unless they're going to Grandpa's Country Store where you could probably get your essentials. And Steve looks down at Jennifer and is like, oh, you got enough for breakfast? And Laura's like, well, we got five boxes of Pop-Tarts. Oh, and Steve reminds Laura, honey, we don't have a toaster. And she, Laura's like, honey, get out of here. It'll be fine. So then he also mentions like, oh, don't worry, I'll call you, let you know how things go. And then he comes back in to the kitchen like, oh, wait, we don't have a phone. It's like, honey, it'll be fine. Just go. Dang. See, this is what you did back in the day when you didn't have a cell phone. <laughs> You're like, oh, shoot, that's right, I can't call you because we don't have a phone here. Ugh. Yeah, even Laura is wearing, like, flannel plaid pajamas with 
like a zip up hoodie over it. It's like, yeah, I bet it's probably cold. It, isn't it like late September, like somewhere around October at this point? Yeah. And if that electricity is off, I don't think that heat is going to just pop on. What do you think, Quinnells? Nope. So we zip upstairs. Matt's listening to his headphone, his headset, his day player, Walkman, whatever you want to call it. And, of course, he ain't got no sheets on that bed yet. You know, it's still, it's the first morning. Laura comes up and says, hey, look, Jennifer, I'm going to go take a, and I will take, are going to take a walk. You want to come with? He doesn't look at her, doesn't talk, doesn't say anything, doesn't respond to her. And Laura goes to, you know, walk out the door. And she turns to him and says, look, we're both new here. It is going to be hard to find friends. Oh, oh, no, he does. He shakes his head. He doesn't look at her, but he shakes his head like, eh, no. Yeah, she turns back and says, it's not going to be like the city, you know? We're both going to be short on friends here. It's like she's giving him an olive branch. Can we, like, can we just try to at least be civil with each other? And then she just pretty much gives up and just like, all right, closing the door. I don't even see why she bothered to even ask him. Like, I'm pretty sure she knew what his response was going to be anyway. Looks like it's like mid-afternoon, probably around noon. Matt decides to get his butt downstairs and it's like, hey, I'm hungry. Oh, here's a thing of apples sitting on the counter. I'll just take one. Of course, we want to promote, you know, healthy eating for children in 1994. What better way to depict that than in a movie? It's not like he's going for one of the five boxes of Pop-Tarts in the cupboard. <laughs> and then he zips back up. This house looks like it is in major need of repair. I mean, you're seeing gashes in the wall and the foundation. It's just, oh my gosh. Just, the house just looks like it's barely holding itself up. Oh, okay, I was going to say, yeah, he's got a sleeping bag on top of the disgusting old mattress. And he goes to shut the door and go and, you know, listen to music lay on his bed. And, of course, Lassie has other plans as she starts barking at him while he's listening to music. He's like, hey, cut it out, knock it off. Oh, no, he's like, hey, what do you want? And she, like, nudges the door open, like, you know, no closed doors in this house, boy. So she starts barking. He's like, hey, cut it out. And then she starts barking again. He's like, Ugh. he takes the headphones off. He's like, hey, I said knock it off. Cut it out. And she takes it as an invitation, like, okay, no, we need to get you out of the house. As Lassie grabs his headphones and you see, you literally see the headphone jack pop out of the Walkman as she runs off with it. Like, no, this kid's been living in his own world long enough. He needs to, uh, get out of that house. <laughs> oh, the Walkman is a Casio Walkman. I usually, I think, I don't know, I don't think I ever had Sony. I have, like, RCA, like, a headphone cassette player. So, yeah, Matt's chasing her down the stairs and then out the house, and <laughs> Lassie pretty much guides him all the way out to, I'm guessing this is, like, a stream, and, and the Matt the whole time is like, sit, stay, heal! 
screaming, give me my headphones back! Because Lassie is, like, practically skipping under these big rocks, and then you see Matt, this kid with these tennis shoes and these baggy jeans. I'm surprised he didn't slip on one of those rocks and fall into the water. But then again, he is a skateboarder, so, I mean, I'm pretty sure skateboarders, they gotta be good with balance, so, uh, hopping rocks here to get to the other side of this river is not hard for him. So Matt is running after Lassie, like, give me those! If you don't give me those, I'm gonna... And then he stops all of a sudden. You're like, what is he looking at? It's a rope that's hanging from a tree. So it's basically, you can get on the rope and you can swing. Yeah, it's a rope swing. I mean, you can... And it looks like this section of the water is kind of separated from the river. So it's not like the the... It's... Yeah, it's just separated from the river. And Matt is like, oh, wow, cool. Man, they got a rope here and everything. And yes, Lassie did drop his headphones. And the whole time she was holding on to, like, the top part, you know, the metal part, so she's not, like, touching the foam earpiece. Oh, my gosh. I still remember. Those were a pain. Because I'd only get one, you know, that comes with the the headphones that come with the player and it's like over time especially because I wear them to school and you know on the way home from school but over time that foam on the earpiece you know the headphone part would start to wear away and then eventually it's just hard plastic that's like pressing up and rubbing up against your ear it's like ugh. I like that Matt slowly looks like he's coming out of his shell for a hot minute here as he takes his hooded flannel off, puts his necklace that he's got on inside his sweatshirt, and he's like, oh, man, it looks cold. And I love how I pause it here, and Lassie's kind of eyeing him like, okay. I'm going to play this clip here as he, jo- he goes into the water, and it's like an immediate like change in his facade. He's happy, he's excited, he's not sullen. Lassie knew what this kid needed, and it was to have a dunk in the water here on that rope swing. Yeah, we go to Steve's meeting with the, this is basically the whole reason he brought his family down here. <laughs> My God. The guy that he was supposed to be doing this this job for, this construction job, whether it was a barn or a fence or whatever, 
the guy can't afford it now because he's just suffered a loss with, you know, like I said, that's how they make their money there is with the sheep. And he lost his flock like they were destroyed by, I don't know, wolves, animals, whatever. And now, you know, he has no money, you know, but um, I'm going to let Steve explain this because he goes into Len's store and he explains about the fact, like, you know, I pulled my kids out of school. This project was going to set me for at least, what, he says, I think, three to six months. And, you know, his father-in-law says, you know, I mean, I hear about jobs from time to time, people coming in needing, you know, work. And Steve's like, what, like a handyman? I'm a builder. I'm a contractor. Ugh. Mind you, not to mention, I mean, like I said... Laura also left a job in Baltimore. He had to go. They don't want it. Don't want what? New house. Remodeling. Nothing. Why? Since he was running high credit at the bank. Way too high. The man just lost half his flock. And insurance isn't going to pay for it. Yeah. When? I pulled my kids out of school for this job. This was going to cover me for six to nine months. Oh, it's a lousy break. It's a damn lousy break. But, you know, you got your one job. You'll get another. That or some other type of work. What other work? Well, being in the store, I hear about things. It's all those folks needing help fixing this or that. You mean being a handyman? Well, I'm a builder. I'm a contractor. Okay, so he actually was going to build this man uh, a new house. And now because the guy lost half his flock, and apparently <clears throat> insurance isn't going to cover that, so that's pretty much screwed. And not only is that guy screwed, but now Steve is screwed. And it's just like, what am I... Yeah, he says, I pulled my kids out of school. This was going to cover me for six to nine months. Think about it. That's like half a year to almost a year. Oh my gosh. I get, you know, when his father-in-law, Steve's father-in-law is trying to be helpful. Like, you know, people come in from time to time looking for, you know, people to help them out and whatnot. And Steve doesn't want to hear it. He's like, I'm a builder. I'm a contractor. Seriously? So now we cut back to Matt, who's, you know, had his fun, used the rope swing, went into the water, had a good time. Now he meets with a neighbor who... It's like an immediate dislike. The guy, like, pulls up on his horse as Matt's walking with Lassie. He sees, he doesn't think it's a dog at first, but he looks through his the scope on his gun. And Matt comes up like, mister, don't shoot. That's my dog. And the guy says, well, I don't normally shoot collies. I know a difference between that and a coyote. And, and then he starts, well, boys are another thing. You know, I don't normally catch one I don't know on my land. Yeah, he looks at Matt and he's like, well, you aren't lost, are you? Because I'm sure he's taking in Matt's jean jacket and his headband and earring. Uh, he probably knows <laughs> the kids around there don't dress like that. So Matt's like, well, no, I know my way. I'm staying down at the Collins farm. And, of course, this... We learn later as a neighbor, it's like, oh, the Collins farm, man, you must have had a bunch of cobwebs out of that place. And Matt's like, yeah, you're not kidding. And then the neighbor says, all right, well, have a nice visit. 
And Matt says, well, thanks, but we're not visiting. We're going to live there. And the guy says, hey, I got a couple boys about your age. I'll send them around. <laughs> I mean, if you, I mean, you get the impression this guy is a jerk. His kids aren't any different from him. So this is Sam Garland. Okay, he's a neighbor. But I want to play this because this guy is going to play a prominent part in this movie. He is basically the villain. And his kids are like mini-villains. Tell your daddy Sam Garland says welcome. Now we're going to go over to the Garland house. See, this is the house that Jennifer was thinking. Like, oh, is that our farm? It's beautiful. You know, the modern one that's about as modern and high-tech looking from the outside as you could get in 1994. This guy does not have good motives. He has, yeah, he already sees this family living in the Collins farm is a threat. So in this scene, you're going to hear about that. You're going to meet his two boys, Josh and Jim. Uh, I, I, you're not going to like these people. There's nothing good about them whatsoever. When I hunt the coyotes today, Josh, pass this down to mother. I ran into a youngster who said he's moving on to the Collins place. <coughs> That's all right. As long as they don't mess around with our flock, right, boys? They won't, sir. Me and Jim will take care of that. Good. Now he's talking, and that's what I like to hear. Sam, you mustn't encourage the boys to do anything malicious. It's not the now, way. Now, Mildred, who said anything about malicious? <laughs> I just want my boys to keep an eye on things. We need that pasture. You know what I mean, don't you, Jim? Yes, sir. Josh, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Mildred, you're a wonderful cook. My goodness gracious. Yes, these kids are malicious acting. Just the venom in their voice. Like, yeah, Dad, we'll take care of it. Don't worry. <laughs> Not to mention, I mean, you look at their house. Just, that is their dining room. They had a big stone fireplace. <clears throat> long table, just oh, everything about them screams money and expensive and just, just the, the dad just seems rotten to the core and the kids are like, like mini versions of him. So now we're going to get back to the Collins farm 
And turns out Steve is thinking this was a mistake. We shouldn't have moved here. He wants to go back to Baltimore, which I, I get it. The first instinct is when things aren't going right, you want to run. Maybe not everyone thinks that way, because I know that I have had many thoughts like that since we moved down here to Texas. Oh, no, actually, okay, so, turns out he's explaining the situation. There's no job anymore for him to do. No, I'm sorry, Steve actually wants to stay. And Laura can't wrap her head around thinking, you want to stay here anyway, even though you don't have a, a, a job to do or, you know, income? I mean, it's not like they're... I'm pretty sure Len just gave them that house. I don't think they really had to pay for it. At least I don't think so anyway. I don't even think we hear about how that worked out, which really isn't relevant to the story. Laura's the one that's like, because Steve says, well, where are we going to go, Laura? And she says, home. And Steve says, there's no such thing anymore. She tells him, I can get my old job back at the bank. And Steve's like, well, I could get other work around here. Oh. She's like, doing what? And he's like, I'll find something. He tells her, honey, look, I don't want the kids to grow up in the city. He says, I'd like them to see the sky, hear the birds, not that noise. Yeah, he says, I'd like them to hear, you know, see the sky, hear the birds, not all that noise and that traffic. Yeah, and he doesn't bring up a good point. He's like, I'd like them to be able to walk home at night and not worry about what's behind them. And he asks her, like, am I wrong to feel that way? And she says, well, no, of course not. So, all right, we get to go to the first day of school. Oh, boy. So, yeah, it looks like Matt and Jennifer r- rode the bus, and I guess she's a little worried. She's a new girl. But, honestly, I think it's going to be easier for her to fit in than it will be for Matt. Because, again, Matt's donning the flannel, uh, black jacket. He's got the headband. He's got the earring. Yeah, and he's such a good big brother. It's like, hey, don't worry. They'll probably think you're cool. And she's like, you think so? He's like, oh, yeah, I don't see why not. Gosh, this has got to be awkward. I'm, just, I'm happy I didn't move to another state while I was a teenager. Or, you know, you read so many books about kids that they're, one of their biggest adjustments in the story is having to start over in a new state, in a new town, go to a new school, making friends and all that stuff. But my gosh, this teacher, she it's embarrassing. She's like, class, we have a brand new student in, she says, in grade eight. Yeah, she's a brand new student that just uh, moved to this area, like, Girl, lady, you are putting that boy... I, I'm surprised she didn't say, Well, Matt, why don't you go to the front of the class and tell everybody about yourself? It seems like in either, you know, books and TV shows or movies, it's it, like, remember Casper when Cat moved to Friendship, Maine? And the teacher's like, Well, Cat or Kathleen or whatever your name is, why don't you go to the front of the class and tell everybody about yourself? Ugh. It goes even farther to make this a thousand times awkward. She's like, now Matt Turner doesn't know anybody in this area, so let's, he doesn't know anybody here. Let's go and do our best to make him feel welcome. Ugh. (laughs) Matt here trying to put on a polite smile. Like, ugh. Class, we have a brand new student. 
moved into this area. Now Matt Turner doesn't know anybody here, so I want us all to make it really welcome. So this is grade eight and nine combined. Jim, Josh, stop that. This is Charlotte, six months old, Toggenberg goat, who I helped birth and then disbutted at one week. What's that mean? Toggenbergs are the oldest registered breed of any animal in the world. Their markings are always light brown with white accents, and they are excellent milk producers. Thank you, April. That was a very imaginative Oh, there's Lassie. Waiting for Matt. Oh, God. He's already first day and he's going to do a science project. So yes, in this scene, we see that Josh and Jim share the classroom with Matt. Matt hasn't actually met them yet. But we do meet April, played by Michelle Williams. She is doing a presentation. It seems like, I thought the teacher said, like, for her 4-H thing. And she brings this adorable goat. Sets it on. Why does she got to put it on the table? Just walk it around the classroom. I don't know. But anyway, she's got, like... A poster board with a diagram of a goat and all the, you know, parts of the goat and all that fun stuff. And she gives a few facts. And then the teacher's like, now I hope that all of you for your science projects. And I'm thinking, are you kidding? He just got there on his first day. Now he's got to do some stinking science project. Good grief. And I love how Lassie actually is waiting right outside the school by the tree for Matt. That's actually going to come back later. Uh, and he goes out there and he's like, can you believe it? Show, show and tell with a goat? I can't believe I live here. Like, dude, you're in Virginia. They, I'm sure they do that all the time. <laughs> and he's like, hey, do you know what would have happened in my old school if I had to put a goat on a desk? And... <laughs> I'm just thinking, I think the kids in Baltimore would be more curious as how you pertain to get a goat versus bringing one into school. They probably see it as, oh, like someone's pulling a prank, they're bringing a goat to school. So, Lassie's got one other thing to show Matt as she grabs his bag and takes off with it. And Matt's like, come on! Is this the only trick you know? Like, taking my stuff and running with it and having me chase you? So yeah, he says 
sits next to his tree because that's where Lassie puts his book bag. He's like, ah, you dog. And then she licks his face like, hey, stop that. So I love this, that she's in tune to what Matt needs. And when he gets him to go, he sees the farm from a distance. And he says, wow, that's it. You know, it doesn't really look like a dump from up here. And he gets ready to stand up. And he looks at the trees sitting against. And he sees the carved initials AC. And he's like, AC. That's my mom. And Collins. That's my mom. And Lassie goes over to him. And he Matt hugs her. And he's like, how did you know? Oh, my God. My, oh. Uh, part of me kind of thinks, I know it's probably out there, but what if Matt's mom is, like, in Lassie in a way? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's just interesting how all this worked out. So now we go over to Steve and Laura. And Laura's talking about, like, hey, I thought if we cleared out these weeds, we could, you know, have some flowers, you know, maybe some geraniums. And I just, I love that time of year where the colors are changing, the reds, the yellows, you know, the golds, the oranges. And he looks at her and he's like, what do you know about planting flowers and gardening? And she's like, uh, not a thing. It's like, she's going to find something to keep herself busy, especially because she doesn't have a job right now. And the kids are in school from like, what, eight until three or something like that. So it's like her days, she got to find something to do. Oh, yeah, she says, over here, I thought this would be a great place for a vegetable garden. Yeah, he's like, what do you know about gardening? And she says, <laughs> not a thing. Well, you learn. That I guess you learn by doing, as they say, right? So, Len stops by and tells Steve he heard about some work. It's basically, uh, I guess, the Walker Ranch, which they're looking to repair all the outbuildings and the fences. Ugh. And Len tells him, like, don't worry about the tools. They'll furnish all of those. You won't have to bring anything. And Steve's a little skeptical, like, repairing fences, really. And Len's like, well, I mean, that's all there is for now. I mean, it's nice that, you know, he got a tip and he's like, hey, let me go check it out. My son-in-law is not currently working right now. I can see if this is something he might want to do. And Steve's like, well, I get it. Yeah, I mean, hey, at least I'll be outside. They finally got electricity, so it's just like two weeks later. Because <laughs> Len's there, they got the lamp on, they got the light on, and he's talking about how great Laura's apple pie is, because she finally, if the oven is working, like, hey, let's go make a pie. Oh my gosh, with the rain, I'm telling you. Oh yeah, it's nice. Laura was actually able to do something with her hair, like it's kind of partially curled compared to being just hanging there, like it hasn't been washed in a while, or just putting pigtails or something like that. Because <laughs> Jennifer's like, oh, what's this thing? And Laura says, oh, it looks like an old record player. The look that Steve kind of side eyes her with, like, honey, please, you're making me feel old. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I, I don't know if Laura is considerably, like, uh, a handful of years younger than Steve is, but I've seen this movie so many times, I never really picked up on this. This was look that he gives Laura, like, oh, God, girl, you're aging yourself. You're making me feel old. Because Steve knows what they are, because <laughs> Jennifer's like, 
are these old CDs? Because, you know, they're round and they got a hole in the middle. And Steve says, no, sweetie, these are 45s. Oh, Steve knows what they are because, you know, he's just that old. <laughs> so, yeah, they're going to plug it in, see if it works. And Laura's going through the old 45s with Jenny. Oh, there's Proud Mary, Jimmy Mack. She tells Jennifer, I used to listen to these when I was a kid. And Len says, well, those records were your mama's, Jennifer. She used to play them all the time. Just like Matt with his head attachment. <laughs> you mean his headphones? His Walkman? Yeah, his head attachment. <laughs> so a song comes on and immediately Jennifer picks up on it. Like, oh, I know this one. Mom used to sing it to us. Remember, Matt? And you see Matt is clearly, but this is hitting a nerve here emotionally. And he nods and he immediately puts down his plate of pie and he he zips upstairs like clearly yeah i'm kind of feeling if the mother's death was not too long ago whether it was like a year maybe two years tops but it just everything seems so fresh emotionally it's like every little thing because like i said like they said that is the house that matt and jennifer's mom and you know steve's you know, wife had, she grew up in that house. So of course there's going to be stuff there from when she was a child. I don't think her dad's going to look, well, she's not here. I'll toss all this stuff. He must live above that, that country store that he runs. Cause it looked like a two story house. Gosh, this is so awkward. Everyone's just sitting around looking at each other. And eventually Matt's thinking, of, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't sit here and listen to this. It's too hard. Y'all, he just goes upstairs. You know what's interesting is the fact that Steve, Laura, Jennifer, and Len are all, like, glued to this 45 record player. They don't even see Matt get up and leave. Because they're all staring at this (laughs) record player. Like, it's the greatest thing since television. But Lassie notices because she walks out of the room with him. Yeah, he's going to need my emotional support. That's why I'm here. Honestly, it's more about Matt's journey than it is, you know, Jennifer. Because you see Lassie mainly with Matt because Matt is the one that needs that support. Jennifer seems fine. I mean, if you think about it, she's got her dad and she's got, you know, her, her stepmom. I don't know how much... She really remembers, other than the fact, like, oh, yeah, this song, Mom used to sing it to us, remember? Gosh, it feels like her death was just recent, as in, like, a year or so ago. Yeah, don't don't mind that thunderstorm outside. That that song will, uh, it's very, it's very, I, I love the song. I love the song by, you know, the Beatles, and I've heard different, you know, singers take that song on called In My Life, which, oh, it's such an amazing song. Where did he find that tennis ball? He goes in his room, and all of a sudden there's a tennis ball there. And he starts throwing it for Lassie, and then he ends up throwing it into the closet. And Lassie comes out and starts barking at him, and Matt's like, what, you can't find it? So he goes in there, and you'll never believe what he finds. Again, oh, he actually has sheets on his bed. (laughs) Okay, he's not on some old mattress. But 
Oh my god, yeah. Again, he's living in the room where his mom grew up. There are black and white pictures on the mirror by that dresser. There's even what looks like a baseball trophy, which, no, looking at Matt, no, he, he looks like he never played a sport a day in his life unless he was really little. But it does it does look like black and white photos are on the on the on the mirror there by the dresser. Looks like it could be of you know his mom as a young girl feeding a cow or a do- it's really out of focus. I can't tell whether it's a cow or a dog. Right there on the floor. What are you looking at, girl? This dog has got a sixth sense. I swear that dog is like the reincarnation of his mom in some way. It's my mom's dog. Thanks, Lassie. April 23rd. Today I got up early and rode Lucky through the high pasture. All the way to the mountain pool. It was too cold to swim, so we sat there for a while. I forgot about the time and was almost late for school. <laughs> On Saturday, Dad let me help him split wood and then showed me how to mend the goat pen, that cut the new beautiful. wire in the chicken coop. Mom came out and said, Len, what are you teaching her to use an axe and hammer for? And Daddy said, so she can take the place over someday, if she wants to. Maybe raise her own kids here. That house looks beautiful there. <laughs> I didn't tell Mom then. That's just what I want to do. Have a real sheep farm someday. Right here. After all, we've got some of the best grazing land around. And of course, I'll need to get a sheep dog. I already know what kind. A collie. I think I'll name it... Lassie. Okay, wow. That is eerie. Sleeping <laughs> jelly bellies? What kind of package of jelly So, yeah, he finds his mom's diary, which, again, I mean, I would be, if I were Matt, I would just be like, oh, wow, this is, but this dog, Lassie, she is helping him so much in, you know, processing his his mom's death and dealing with losing her and just all, all of these feelings that he's probably scared to admit and confused about and everything but um yeah he picks up her diary and he starts reading it and then we get the overlapping voiceover of teenage Anne, and we get to see like a sepia toned look back at the house looks beautiful (laughs) way back then and the inside of the house and she's saying how her dad taught her how to do, you know, mend the chicken coop and do this and that. And, of course, Anne's mom is like, Len, why are you teaching her to use an axe and hammer? And Len says, well, maybe she'll want to take the farm over someday. You know, maybe even raise her own kids here. 
And, of course, she's saying how Anne, teenage Anne, who's probably right around Matt's age, is saying how, oh, yeah, I want to do that. I want to have a real sheep farm and we'll need a dog. I know what kind, a collie, and I think I'll name it Lass. And then Matt shuts the book. It's like, okay, that was very eerie. Wow. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Because Lassie was a show that was on back then. I mean, Jennifer was watching reruns of it in Baltimore. But, and now it's something that's really, I don't know if this is a song that maybe his mom might have sung to him, aside from the song In My Life. But the Mockingbird, like, don't, hush little baby, don't say a word, mom's gonna buy you a Mockingbird, you know, that kind of stuff stuff and Matt is sitting there hearing that and it's just the floodgates open he just starts tearing up oh I love how Jennifer's got a red-headed cabbage patch doll to match her red hair and when Jennifer says I love you mom that's it for Matt he just gets up and mind you it's been raining and thundering outside the whole time it's pitch black out and Matt is just overtaken with emotion and, and grief, he runs out the door. Of course, Lassie runs after him. The door is shut. Of course, Lassie can't open the door, so she starts barking at Steve. And Steve's like, no, Lassie, trust me, you don't want to go out in that storm. But she keeps barking, and it's like, clearly that isn't going to work. So she ends up going upstairs and jumping out that open second-story window. But she ends up landing on um, the roof of the the porch and jumping off of that. Like, she's she knows, like, she's got to get to her boy. Lassie can't open a door, but she can lift a window up that's already partially open. This dog is amazing, I swear. She's... I seriously feel that she is Matt's mother incarnate, in a way. I really kind of think so. So it's down, torrential downpour. Matt, of course, like I said, it's dark. He's looking for coverage. He finds a cave and he goes into it. Of course, we find out that Matt is not exactly alone in that cave because he hears some noise and he thinks it's Lassie. No, it turns out it's a wolf. Oh, boy. Never, never go into a cave in the dark because you don't know who's sleeping in there. Who or what is sleeping in there? But of course, here comes Lassie to the rescue. Thank goodness. So Lassie, yeah, she comes to Matt's rescue and she goes after the wolf. They fight off screen. Matt has no idea what's going on. He thinks Lassie has been killed by the wolf. Turns out, no. She comes out. She's got a few, you know, scrapes and everything. And Matt, oh, girl. She comes over to him and he wraps her in a hug and he's crying and I'm crying now. <laughs> but he's, she saved his life. She saved his life. So Matt comes inside the house, turns on a light. And he's like, Lassie, shh, be quiet. Don't wake, don't wake up the family. He goes into the kitchen because clearly he wants to, you know, wipe off any stray you know, blood or any cuts or whatever and here comes Jennifer it's like oh no she's hurt and 
Matt, I just forgot his name for a split second. Matt's like, no, she's not hurt. She's fine. She'll be fine. And of course, Lassie starts barking. He's like, shh. Lassie, I, thought, I told you to be quiet. And of course, Jennifer starts giggling. It's like, hey, I thought I told you to be quiet too. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's amazing. Matt is like dripping wet. And then here comes Lassie. And it looks like she might have gotten some raindrops on her. But other than that, she's perfectly dry. Because he's like, here, Jen, help me dry her off with a towel. Dry what? She's pretty much already dry. It looks like she's hardly got any raindrops on her whatsoever on her coat. Oh, my goodness. So, all right. It's a new day. Matt is back to using the rope swing thing. And he does, like, a, a flip or something into the water. Matt gets out of the water. He's like, hey, Lassie, what do you think of that flip, huh? And it turns out Matt isn't alone because here comes April along with Josh and Jim. What'd you think of the flip, Lassie? Not bad, huh? Are you kidding? That was great. Where'd you learn how to do that? That's no big deal. Yeah? You can't do it. How do you know, dunghead? Because I know you're a spaz. You're Matt, right? Kids with their giant belt buckles. Let's all make Matt real welcome. He didn't know anybody around here. Knock it off, Jim. What? I'm April Porter. This is Jim and Josh Garland. Girl, what are you hanging around with them for? From the Collins farm, right? Yeah. What a hole. <laughs> we like it, okay? Can you do a backflip? Sure. Let's see. Yeah, maybe some other time. Come on, do it. He can't do it. Yeah, I can do it. I just don't want to. Yeah, right. He just didn't want to. Those kids are jerks. <laughs> Showed you. So, yeah, both Jim and Josh are talking smack to, to Matt, like, oh, let's make Matt feel real welcome, because he doesn't know anybody around here. And then Josh is all like, hey, can you do a backflip? It's like the most random thing you would ask. Eh. And Matt's like, yeah, I can. I just don't want to do it right now. Some other time. And I was like, come. And they're talking, like, come on, do it. So Matt does does the backflip and everything. Like, ugh. And then, of course, he's walking along with Jim and Josh and April. And Jim is going on about, like, hey, my dad's the biggest sheep herding farmer in this whole state. And. Boy, oh boy, can you tell by the look of their home, which we are going to get to in a minute. <laughs> and, of course, Josh is like, hey, April, why don't you come over Saturday? We're going to rent some cool videos. 
Oh my gosh, yes. Like I said, 94, everybody. That's what you did on a Friday and Saturday night. You rented movies. And then you returned them on Sunday. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, of course, <laughs> April turns. I almost called her Jennifer. Uh, April turns and like, no, no, sorry. My parents already made other plans. She just, I don't know why she hangs out with them. <laughs> Seriously. As we see, these kids got money, and they love to show off their wealth. And even as they're walking up on the farm, you hear Josh say, Now this is a real farm. <laughs> yeah, right. I bet there's a satellite dish, like, sitting on one of the roof of that house somewhere. I mean, this this house is, like, like fancy schmancy. You got a glass case. It's got, like, Five or six different guns in it. There's a bunch of area rugs that probably cost so much money. And and Matt, they got like, it looks like a little bridge that leads down into some stairs. And Matt's like, you have a swimming pool in your living room? Like, he's like, he's never seen anything like that. I've never seen anything like, what in the world? I told you, this is a family that has money that they don't know how to spend it correctly. Or it almost sounds like this is what those people do when they win the lottery. They're buying all, all this stuff and not thinking about putting anything away for down the road. I think there's more than just six guns. There's like 12 guns in this glass cabinet. And Jim pulls one out. He's like, hey, you like guns? And Matt's like, yeah, I guess. Bolt Action 22. I don't even... This kid is all into... Oh, my God. Ooh, I don't like this. This kid is too into guns, and it makes me... Uh. And Matt just kind of looks around in the house. He's like, wow, you get all this from raising sheep? And Jim's like, sure do. Warm, durable American wool. And, of course, April, who's sitting on the couch with a, it says Game Players Magazine, with, it looks like Mega Man and Sonic are on the cover. And I only know that because Jeremy plays those games. I mean, I I know more of Sonic than I do of the, the, that Mega Man character. <laughs> Jeremy would laugh at that Mega Man. Anyway, she's like, oh, we know the motto. They, oh my gosh, behind the couch, they got a pool table, they got two what looks like two pinball machines. Oh my goodness. So Lassie barks. <laughs> and Matt comes trying. Like, Alright, I'm coming, girl. Oh my, this house. They also like to, uh, like, hunt for deer and stuff. Because you got a, like, a antler lamp thing situation that's hanging above this giant pool table. They got a lot of fancy colored type of... Would you call that like Naga hide or whatever? Sometimes, like, colored. It's clearly got to be wool. I mean, these couches are made out of the the wool from the sheep that they get. I don't know. So Matt's like, Lassie, where are you? And then April comes out like, oh, there she is. She's bringing in a stray sheep. And she says, good as any sheep dog. I'm like, oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah, she's she's a good one, all right. Okay, I'm, not, I'm going to play this because the kids, the Josh and Jim with their quote-unquote southern accents, just ugh. And Josh is like, hey, Matt, you ever seen so many lamb chops on a hoof? 
And April takes offense, like, Josh, what's wrong with you? And then Jim's like, April's so sensitive. Like, I'm gonna play the, ugh, I just, it, it's cringeworthy. Seeing so many lamb chops on a hook. Josh, April's so sensitive. And not pets, April. Just wool and good eating. I gotta go. Well, I'll see you guys around. Yeah, see ya. Come on, Lois! Come on, girl! Big city guy's gonna run off with their girlfriend. Shut up. So, yeah, clearly the, especially Josh sees Matt as kind of a threat now that, because Matt's new in town, and Jim's all like, hey, the big city guy's going to run up with your girlfriend. Like, ugh. And even the fact before Josh is like, April, they're not pets, just wool and good eating. These kids are, uh, I don't know about Jim and Josh. I don't like them. They don't have any redeeming qualities whatsoever. Alright, let's get to that job that Steve was going to do. Like, well, I'll be outside. So basically, as the guy's explaining with the hammer and the nail, and, like, you stretch this wire, you pound it into the post here, and then you keep going, and then the camera just stretches outward, and Steve's like, hey, stretch and go on to the next post. Oh, good golly almighty. And how much is he going to make for that? Okay, so you pound in the staple and then you go on to the next post. Yeah, and even if the camera's pulling back in, you're seeing it looks like the, the posts are all headed uphill. And there's like a lot of like... <sighs> it looks like it's going to be a real pain as you start making your way up that hill and trying to like... Make sure your feet are staying on the ground and you're not like slipping and it just and then you got like trees in the way and it's like oh that's gonna be such a pain in the butt. And Steve's like oh god why did I sign up for this? So yeah, Matt's walking April home and he asks her what 4-H means and she tells him it stems from head, heart, hands, and health. So Matt's on his way home and he's singing this song which i've heard of he's going here of course to the uh soundtracks in the okay so man in the box by alice in chains today by billy let's see performed by smashing pumpkins thunder kiss 65 by rob zombie let's see oh, going to the country yep See, that's another song. Lumberjack, Chainsaw, Flower Hymn. Okay. I'm just, in my life, okay, so it says Paul McCartney, John Lennon, The Beatles. Okay, so that was who they were. Forever Young by Bob Dylan. That's a good one. It's done many times over. Okay, so the song that Matt's singing is called What's Up by Linda Perry. Five years of my life and still, I'm trying to get up that great big hill. Oh, so Lassie leads Matt to a tree and we see there's a baby lamb there and Matt looks around he discovers that the mother of this baby lamb has been killed by a coyote clearly they're having coyote problems all over with you know killing the sheep and, and rams and ewes and everything so 
And Matt, of course, is like, I don't know what to do. Lassie, I'm not a vet. But Lassie keeps barking. And Matt's like, okay. So he picks up the lamb that just happens to be alive, thank goodness. And he goes over to April's house because, you know, she did that show-and-tell 4-H project with the goat. So clearly she's going to know how to take care of this baby lamb who's been orphaned. So, yeah, Matt goes over to April's house and her dad answers. And April just has to be sitting in the living room with her mom. She goes up like, Dad, it's all right. And... Matt asks, like, hey, do you think you can come over to my house for a little while? And she kind of looks at him, and then we cut from the scene, and she is in the barn. Matt's leading her into the barn with a little baby lamb, and she has what looks like an old glass Coke bottle with, like, a, a rubber, you know, feeding nipple on it. And Matt asks her, like, well, is it going to be all right? And April says, well, I don't know. Sometimes they can make it without a mother. Sometimes they can't. It just depends on the sheep. And I love how she's feeding him. And then she's uh, a little awkward around, my last, uh, around Matt. So she's like, oh, yeah, so, so you're from Baltimore, huh? Yeah. I've been there once. It was cool. The awkward small talk. <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I need some help. <laughs> it's in here. Will it be okay? I don't know. Sometimes they can make it without a mother. Sometimes they can't. It just depends on the sheep. Aww. Keep a blanket over it tonight, because it probably gets pretty cold in here. I'll bring you some extra formula tomorrow. Okay. Aww. Yeah, you like that, don't you? Yeah, you do. Poor little lamb. He's probably starving. I don't think it's hurt or anything. It just looks really hungry. Clearly. You're from Baltimore, right? Yeah. I've been there once. It was cool. Thank you for Sure. Well, I better get going home. Yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. So Matt gets in the house, he's running upstairs, and Jen's so excited, like, Jennifer's like, Matt, guess what? And he's like, no, no, Jen, he's got this smile on his face as he turns around, he's like, what? And she says, we're going home! And Matt's like, what, we're moving back? And his dad says, you know, I don't know, it's not definite, but we'll know more in a few days. And Matt is like, well, wait a minute, what are you talking about? So, Laura kind of fills Matt in. Your dad just got a job. He got an offer for a good one in Baltimore. They've been trying to track him down for a week. You know, because uh, the phone hasn't been working. The power's been out for, like, two weeks since they've been there. Yeah. And Steve says, you know, that place I interviewed a month ago, at the time they didn't have anything, but... And Matt's like, well, you don't have to take it, do you? And Steve's like, well, have to? No, but I need a heck of a reason to not to. And Matt is just like, well, what about the job you have here? And Steve says, mending fences at $5 an hour? 
And then he, he really, Steve, like, looks at Matt. It's like, what's going on with you? I thought you'd be happy that you want to move back. And Matt, I love how Matt tries to play it off like, well, yeah, whatever. I mean, if you stay, fine. If we go, it doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, right. You wouldn't be pushing so hard to stay if you didn't meet uh, April. I mean, come on. We all know it's the girl. since they got there. <laughs> Why all this change? I didn't tell Mom then. That's just what I want to do. Have a real sheep farm someday. <laughs> right here. So, yeah, Matt goes upstairs. He's reading his mom's diary by flashlight. And we overhear, again, the overlapping dialogue where the, you know, his mom, teenage mom at the time says, I didn't tell mom then, but that's just what I want to do. Have a real sheep farm someday. And I think this is what Matt wants to do. He wants to make his mom's dream a reality. And he wants to stay there because he, you know, has got a crush on April. So he doesn't know how to go about this. And he and April are walking, you know, the land and everything. And he's asking her, well, how do they do it? I mean, you've seen the Garland's Ranch. How do they do it? They make a fortune. And, of course, April's like, well, you have to have some sheep. And, of course, you got to have a sheepdog. And Matt's like, well, I already got the dog. And we see all these sheep there grazing. And Matt tells her Lassie to round up the sheep. And, of course, she does.
yeah, basically he wants to know how it's done, you know, the pasture and all that. And they're walking along the land, and Matt notices that there's a fence dividing what's considered their land and whoever else owns the property next to them. And apparently those sheep, that flock, that's the Garland's flock. And Matt's saying, well, I've seen them all, this flock all over the place. I've even seen them down by the creek. So what is this fence doing here? Because I come here all the time and I've never seen this fence here before. And clearly somebody's put this fence here for something. So April says, you know, it's not as easy as it looks. You need sheep. You need a sheepdog. And Matt's like, well, I got the dog already. And he tells Lassie to round up the sheep and bring them towards them. And now Matt is at the kitchen table with the family. Len is there. And he's, you know, they're reading, I guess it's a boundary map or something to tell where the property lines all are. And he's explaining to them. And I love how Steve's like, yeah, I can I can read this map, Matt. You don't have to <laughs> act like I don't know how to read a map. But then he's also saying about, you know, you need to see the Garland's Ranch. They got a swimming pool. It's like, basically it's about, you know, money and stuff like that. A plot map. Okay, that's what I guess it's called. So Matt lets him in on a little secret. The land that the Garland's are using for the sheep to just pasture, you know, graze and whatnot... They're using the Collins farm, which you can't be doing that. You can't just let your sheep go all over the place. And he's like, yeah, and they're making a killing on it by letting the sheep go all over the... And Len says, well, yeah, that's the best grazing land in the whole area. Matt has clearly really put a lot of thought into this because he's like, look, if it's done right, you could really make some money. But then again, I mean, Steve's like, son, I'm a contractor. I'm a builder. I don't know anything about raising sheep. I, and Matt's like, 300 ewes and 20 or so rams? By the end of next year, you'll have 450 sheep. And Jennifer's like, what's going on? And Steve says, yeah, I think your brother just lost his mind, sweetie. Matt, and Matt's all trying to go to the like, Yeah, but you should see their ranch. They have a swimming pool in their living room. And Steve's like, son, I'm a contractor. I don't know the first thing about farming, and neither do you. Because clearly, you know that Matt got that st statistic from April. You know the Garland boys aren't going to help him uh, when it comes to sheep raising and everything. Because clearly, like, oh, you're the enemy now. You're the competition. Uh, yeah, and I love how Matt pulls uh, Len into this. Like, well, Grandpa does. And Len says, well, I'm no expert, but I know the basics. And Len starts sh shooting off numbers here. It's like, well, counting the animals, the construction. And that's doing the labor ourselves. He says we could probably get started for 30000 And Steve says, I'd like to put up half that, but I just, I don't know. It's just, damn it, it probably does sound like a giant risk. He does not know anything about this. And Len says, well, if you'll put up your half, I will gladly put up the other half. And Laura's like, well, we couldn't ask you to do that. And Len says, well, I really want to have my grandkids by, you know, around me and stuff and nearby. Like, yes, now it's going to become a family effort. And Steve looks at Matt and asks, you really want to stay here? And Matt looks at his family, looks back at his dad and says, yeah, 
Yeah, I really do. It's almost like the family's like holding their breath. It's almost like Matt is the one that is like, okay, well, I guess let's get started. We're going to stay. So this is our badge, right? Yeah. And that is our farmhouse right here. Yeah, I can read it flat now. All right, sorry. Anyway, this is the Garland's Ranch. Yeah, I've seen it. Well, guess whose land they're using? Ours. They've got sheep all over that pasture, and they're making a killing. Well, that's the best grazing land in the whole area. You know, if it's done right, you can really make some money. 300 ewes and 20 or so lambs. <coughs> By the end of next year, you have 450 sheep. What's going on? Dad, you ought to see the Garland's Ranch. They have Matt, a swimming Matt, pool. I'm a contractor. I don't know the first thing about farming, and neither do you. Grandpa does. I'm no expert, but I, I do know the basics. Counting the, the animals and the construction. And that's doing labor ourselves. We probably get started for 30, 35,000. I'm sorry, Matt. I'd be lucky to cover half of it. Well, if you'd be willing, I'd be glad to put up the other half. Oh, no, that's very generous of you, but we couldn't ask you to do that. There's nothing generous about it. The fact is, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about myself. I should like to have these grandkids around. I want to stay here. Okay, just don't fill the bottle too much, okay? okay. Oh. oh, come on, you dropped the thing. I'm not. All right, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> he tilted all the way up. like the Turner family is going to go into the sheep business <laughs> as uh, they got what uh, the, oh this must be the guy that is it the guy that I guess Steve was going to do that job for you know build a house or whatever it was and the guy unfortunately couldn't due to losing his flock so he brought these sheep down from the high pasture and it looks like there's 380 ewes, which I guess are female, and then 34 rams, which are the males. And Len's like, yeah, 380 and 34, that's pretty much what we're looking at for the land we have. And Matt says, well, how much do you want? And now it looks like Pete is starting to backpedal. He's like, I don't know. I told you on the phone, Sam Garland said he might be interested in the whole flock. And... Steve says, well, so are we. What is he offering you? And it turns out, Steve's like, hey, we can offer you, what, five, ten dollars more a head per animal. Or per sheep or ram or whatever. But yeah, I guess Sam Garland was going to go 57 a head for the ewes. And Steve says, well, we'd like to offer you 60 bucks a head. And Pete sounds like he's going to go for it. Like, yeah, I mean, 60 is fair. And Len says, yeah, I think that's more than fair. But now it's like, well, but Garland was here first. It's like, oh, my gosh. Steve, he's not getting it. He's like, 
I don't understand what the problem is. We'd like to, uh, we want the whole flock. We're willing to offer $3 more a head. Interesting what Laura does here. I don't know whether it's like reverse psychology or something, but she's like, we understand and respect your position, Mr. Jarman or whatever his name is. I get you and Sam Garland go way back as friends and that he'd do the same for you. Uh, well, that got him. Steve just kind of looks at her and they start walking off and Steve's like, Laura, honey, what are you doing? He was like, he has no idea. Like, what was that about? Because he runs up to Laura. He's like, honey, what, what was that? What are you doing? And Laura tells Steve like, hey, don't worry about it. He's pressuring himself more than we ever will. And she's right because, yeah, he turns around and says, hey, look, the flock is yours if you can pay today. <laughs> and, of course, Steve's like, all right, you'll have the money by 5 o'clock. So Pete tells them one last thing. That's like, oh, boy. He says, look, here's the thing. You got just 10 days to get him out of here. You think you can do that? And Steve is just like, oh, how are we going to do that? Yeah, they got to start building all of them, like a barn, like they gotta just, oh my gosh, so much work. And you get to see in a, a fun little uh, montage here of them building the fences, the barns, the, the everything that the sheep is going to need. It's like they're, they're getting it all set up. You know, the, the wire for the, you know, the fence and all that stuff. And this is where that song Forever Young plays, as we see some rolls of fence wire being uh, thrown down. Yeah, it's like they got lumber. Now they got to put in new posts, a new fence and everything. I think that's right around where Matt and April were the last time. So yeah, we got to clear this out of here and get some fences up here and ready to go for the sheep that are going to, you know, the ewes and the rams that'll be coming in. Oh my god, yeah, so Matt is like sweeping straw or whatever, and then all of a sudden this big load of straw comes from the uh, the hayloft, dumps right on him. It's like, oh, really funny. Yeah, that was a good one, because Lassie is up there with Jennifer, and they're both... <laughs> it's like if Lassie could laugh, she, or, uh, she's barking. That's her version of laughter. <laughs> I'd be the I'd be Jennifer there. I'd be like handing like nails from that paper sack <laughs> to my dad. Like, yeah, I'll just do this. This is my contribution. <laughs> we get to see the baby lamb. It's getting a little bigger. Aww. Oh, they're like trying to give it a bottle. <laughs> it's like meh, meh. <laughs> It's so cute. Apparently there's a tractor on that farm too. So Steve's never driven a tractor, so this is interesting. <laughs> that barn looks they had to like redo that entire barn there. They put a new door on it. It looks amazing. And they did all that in just ten days. Oh yeah, Steve and Matt are pounding in some uh you know, making the fences and stuff like that. And Lassie starts barking. Oh, here comes April. And uh, Matt's just staring at her. And then Steve, like, looks at his son, like, oh, yeah, he's got a crush, all right. Because that girl's there, like, all the time helping out. Everyone in their overalls, I swear. Just about every single person except for Matt and Steve are walking around wearing overalls at least once in this movie. Overalls in red and black plaid 
flannel shirts. Is it just me or is Matt not wearing that uh, bandana headband thing? Oh, here's Laura. Yep, she's putting a bird feeder up by a tree. That's her contribution. <laughs> Oh, look at all that fresh, the fresh lumber. The oh, that wood looks beautiful. It looks like it should definitely be painted or stained or something. I don't know anything really about woodwork, but yeah, definitely those barns could use a coat of paint. And everyone just kind of stands back and just looks at all the work they've done. It's like, and Steve says, "Well, there it is. That's our farm. Like it sure is. It took you ten days to get that done." less because the sheep aren't there yet. So now we get back over to the Garland Ranch and Sam Garland is testing out a new horse, training him or whatever. He's got him on a lead and kind of with the, you know, whip in the air. And Josh and Jim come over. They're uh, looking kind of disgruntled there because they don't got good news. Turns out the Collins farm, they have a fence going up, dividing the property and all that stuff. What in the heck is it with this one particular flock of sheep? It, I thought they belonged to the Garlands, now the Collins, or the um, Turner family on the Collins farm took all the sheep, and now they're putting up a fence. So, yeah. So it looks like they are at Pete's. They're getting the flock of sheep and taking them to the farm. And, of course... Sam with his boys are there, and then they're like, where are you going with my sheep? Yeah, and Sam starts in on Pete, like, hey, I thought we had a deal. And Pete says, well, we did, but uh, the this these people here are paying more money. It's simple business. So, yeah, turns out Sam's going a little personal with this. Like, yeah, I mean, buying sheep is simple. Now making a living off of them isn't so simple. Isn't that right, Pete? Because <laughs> you know that Pete had an issue with his flock. It seems like he's trying to be intimidating. It's like, look, I can buy sheep anywhere, any place. I'm just here in case you want to reconsider. And Len is like, well, why would we want to do that? And yeah, it's like, Sam keeps throwing digs at Pete, like, well, Sam's a full-time, or Sam, Pete's a full-time farmer, and he couldn't cut it, ever think about that. And Steve says, we're aware of the risks. Yeah, and Sam's like, well, that's a real good thing, because I'm sure you've tied up a good deal of money in this. So Pete, of course, is going in on Sam saying, oh, you want me to tell them about, uh, your business, pastures you're grazing on that aren't yours. And Sam's like, well, Pete, you got a lot braver since you stopped working for me. What? Oh, my goodness gracious sake. We're not here for the drama session. And Len finally breaks in. It's like, gentlemen, I'm sure you guys got a lot to hash out, but we're on a schedule here. So can we, you all table your argument for another time? So yeah, we got the sheep at the farm, they're settling in real good, and Steve's going to come in and say thank you to Matt for, you know, helping them turn things around, and, you know, Matt is definitely, he's changing, he's not wearing that headband anymore, so he's definitely, looks like he's wearing brighter colors, he's wearing red and uh, 
sleeveless plaid button up and yeah he's still reading his mom's journal He's really made that room his own now. Howdy. <coughs> Howdy. Well, yeah, we're ranchers now. He's all good. He's all good. Listen, uh, <coughs> I just want you to know that I am really proud of you. And not just for the ranch and sheep and all of that, but for everything. Now, <coughs> your mom. So yeah, his dad comes in and says how proud he is of Matt, not just for the sheep and the farm and just everything in general. And just looking around Matt's room, he's definitely made it his own. You know, he's got a little dartboard, he's got, you know, some other stuff there. He's got a stereo and a, and a bookshelf or a dresser type of thing. And he's talking about, you know, asking if his dad still loves, you know, his mom, even after now that he's, you know, married to Laura and everything. And his dad sits down and says, well, there is a part of me that's never going to stop loving your mom. And Matt says, I don't know if I do. I mean, you know, love her and everything like that. And I try and I try. And he's talking about, you know, things like towards the end of her life and everything and how it's getting harder and harder to remember those things and maybe... I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, I like that he is reading his mom's old diary. I mean, wouldn't it be interesting just if you got some of the things from, like, say your parent had passed away and you got some of their stuff from when they grew up and they had a diary and just to find out, like, what was my parent like when they were, like, a teenager and stuff like that and just, I don't know. I just, I think it would be interesting. So, next day, the family is going out. They got to get those supplies in town. And Matt puts Lassie in the back of the truck. Lassie, of course, notices something's up. The family doesn't even know that she jumped out of the truck by the time they get to, well, there's the hardware store or wherever they go. But she jumps out because she notices there's trouble. Jim and Josh are on four-wheelers, and they're driving the sheep back to their farm. Luckily, Lassie drives the boys off by grabbing onto their pant leg and, you know, and then she basically scares the boys off, which is good. So they realize Lassie's gone, you know, Matt and his family do. Like, Lassie, Lassie, where is she? Grandpa, Lassie's gone. 
And it's like, oh, she must have jumped out. So they go back to the farm, and everything's fine. The sheep are still there. Like, oh, well, I guess uh, everything's fine. They're, the store, they're at, like, a John Deere-type store. But I thought there was a store that, like, sell, sell uh I seem like my cousins for their birthdays early on would want, like, tractor models, like John Deere tractors and a hay mower or a combine or something like that. Like, they collected that kind of stuff. Other than my cousins being my family, you know, were farmers, I didn't know anybody that was into collecting, you know, tractors and stuff like that. Okay, so Sam is running up on, I guess, another neighbor that's putting up a fence. He's like, oh, I saw the Collins farm. They did it there, so I'm doing it myself. So clearly, yeah, he's having his flock, Sam's having his flock going, like, not just on his property, but the Collins property and this guy's property. So that's why he's putting up a fence. And the fact that Sam's like, what the heck is this? What are you doing? It's like... He has a right to put a fence up on his property if he feels like it. Alright, so Sam gets back to his house, makes a call to someone named Delbert. And he's going to be taking the flock to Benton Market or something like that. And he's like, the only thing different is I want you to come around to the back side of the mountain. I tell you, this guy's up to no good. He's a garbage human being. Uh, here we go. Speaking of phones, someone's on the phone. The old rotary. And I don't mean the push button one. I mean the stick your finger in the in the hole and <laughs> turn all the right all the way around. Oh my goodness, I remember that. I remember those phones. But yeah, Matt is going to ask. April to go to the fair with him, you know, for, you know, look at the 4-H animals and all that fun stuff. Hi, April. It's me, Matt. You know, I was just calling because the fair starts tomorrow night. I was just uh, thinking that maybe we could go together. Yeah, you know, cool, uh, learning more about livestock and everything. Oh, you can? Great, okay. Bye. What? So yeah, I love how he uses that as an end, you know, to learn more about like livestock and everything, because you know, he doesn't know a whole lot. He's he's a beginner, but I like how he uses that as an end. Like, hey, the fair starts tomorrow. I thought maybe you and I could go together if you want to. I really, and I like how he's kind of, when he's like on the phone dialing her number and everything, he's kind of looking around, like making sure like nobody's in a nearby room so he can have some privacy. But then again, that landline phone, that cord's only going to go so far. Of course, his approach is much more adorable and everything compared to Josh who just was like, hey, the fair's tomorrow, April. You wanna I'll pick you up about seven. And it turns out nope, she's already going with somebody. Uh-huh. April clearly made the right choice in going to Matt. She made her decision. She made the right decision. Because <laughs> this guy's a jerk. I love how Josh is, uh, Jim is just hanging out in the doorway like hey, I told you <laughs> Yeah, this is pretty much a typical county fair. You got your rides that are, you know, brought in, and you got your fiddle playing 
on the stage and all this. You got your cotton candy. You got your games. And, of course, we hear someone like, hey, line up to get your cotton candy. And Averill, like, grabs onto the word cotton candy. Like, oh, look, cotton candy. And he's like, hey, you want to get some? And she's like, yeah. Yeah, all right. Matt is playing a game, something with, like, the horses or something. They're moving in a line, and they're all numbered. And he won. Yeah, Matt's was number 14. Oh, it's a cute little fire truck. Yeah. Aw, Matt wins a little panda bear stuffed animal for April. Aw, that's so sweet. I had such a crush on him. Not only in this movie, but in the Sandlot. April's like, oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. Len is all dolled up, too. Oh, he looks good. He's got a nice little suit on with a checked plaid shirt with a bolo tie, cowboy hat. And he asked Laura if she wants to dance. Like, oh, okay. Is this a waltz? I can never tell. So, yeah, Matt and April are looking at the calves and the cows. And April's saying, like, oh, see how big this one is? His breeder's the best in the county. And it says Henrico. 4-H, so maybe that's the county that they're in. And we see, like, oh yeah, this one's run so many blue ribbons, the one that Matt's like, oh, look at this one's horns. <laughs> Jennifer's on the carousel. <laughs> of course, here we go, Matt and April. I don't even know why they're hanging out with these other kids we've never met. Are they part of his class? I don't know. They might be. But Josh is, no, not Josh, this one guy is like, here, have a cigarette. And this one girl's like, oh, I heard they make you dizzy. And he's like, only the first time. So she doesn't say, like, I hear they give you cancer or something to that effect. Which I think that should have been the message. Why is April choosing to hang out with these kids? Because they're the only ones she knows in this town. But here comes Josh and Jim with her cowboy hats. And they're like, oh, what a geek. Because the guy starts coughing on the cigarette. It's like, here, give me a cigarette. Like, Josh and Jim, both of their cigarettes, like they're all big and bad. He said, no, Josh is like, oh, what a geek. Here, give me one. Like, here, I'll show you how to smoke. So Josh is like, hey, April. And she's like, hi, Josh. And no, it doesn't even look at him. And of course, Josh is like, oh, want one geek? Want a cigarette? Because he's talking to Matt. And Matt's like, no thanks. I quit. And he's blowing smoke in Matt's face. Uh, yeah, he says, like, oh, and speaking of geeks. And April's like, Josh, shut up. Josh is like, oh, April's standing by her man. Real cute. And Josh is going on like, oh, well, too bad he's not going to be here next year. Like, what, you got a crystal ball to tell the future? Ding, ding. Oh, and this is where he's like, oh, you want one, geek? Like, you want a cigarette? And Matt's like, no, I quit. And Josh is like, oh, real cool. Too bad you look like a... with that earring. I, I'm not going to say the word because they could have used any other word. And they chose not to. Basically, a gay slur. I love that April is like... You know, I like his earring. In fact, can I have it? And she, he's like, oh yeah, sure. And he takes his earring off and hands it to her. And she gives him her earring. Oh, it's adorable. 
So he's got one of April's little mini hoop earrings. It's it's a little silver one that's right where his other one went to. Thankfully, Josh and Jim leave. Ugh. Uh, yeah, we get the porch kiss. Matt's like, oh, well, thanks for coming to the fair with me. And April says, well, I had a fun time. And she kisses him on the cheek. Oh! I love how Lassie, like, cocks her head to the side. Like, she's like, I don't get it. And she says goodnight and goes inside. Aw. And you know Matt's flying high on that kiss right now. So apparently Josh, what, he followed them to April's house? Because Matt's going along, Lassie runs ahead of him, and then out of nowhere, Josh comes out and slugs Matt in the stomach, and it's like, hey, that wasn't, that, that's my girl, geek, and punching him, and everything. Luckily, Lassie comes back around and starts, like, grabbing Josh by his sleeve or something. And runs Josh off, thank goodness. But I don't know whether, what is Lassie? It's like she's ripping, like, the back of Josh's pants and pulling him off that way. Like, hey, your dog bit me! Call it off! Like, whatever, you weenie. This is a sweet scene between Matt and Laura. This is something that's kind of been building because, you know, she's helping his cuts, you know, clean up his cuts and everything. For him roll around the ground with, you know, fighting Josh and all that. And Matt is like, gosh, I wish there was something else I could call you. You know, stepmother's too geeky and, well, I can't call you mom. And Laura says, well, what's wrong with Laura? And Matt says, I don't know. I think you're more than that, too. And she starts crying. He's like, oh, hey, why are you crying? And she hugs him and she's just so happy. It's like this bridge that's kind of, you know gapped in their you know she was basically waiting for Matt to make the first move in this and finally feel comfortable around her and the fact that he says well you're more than that too you're yeah because she's like well what's wrong with calling me Laura and that's the thing is like I don't know any anyone who's called a, a, a step parent you know mom or dad seems like a lot of times it's like they'll you'll just call them by their first name Not good, you can see it. It's not that bad. That ah! you should have seen the other guy. I bet he was pretty messed up. This is really nice of you. What are stepmothers for? <laughs> Wish there was something else I could call you. I I can't call you mom. Stepmother's too dweeby. What's wrong with Laura? Oh, I don't know. I guess you're more than that, too. Hey, why are you crying? So yeah, we got now we got Sam Garland sneaking onto the Turner's, you know, the Collins farm, and Jim and Josh are on horses and they're getting the sheep back to their farm. The, yeah, they're basically trespassing, and they know that Lassie is going to eventually come out, and they're ready for. It. They put her in a net, 
and put her in the back of a truck, and then they put her in a barn somewhere while they're getting all the sheep loaded up <laughs> to take back to his, Sam's place. So Lassie's in the barn, and she's trying to figure a way out. There is a little open space window that's got like a burlap cloth against it and she of course I mean it's kind of high up so she's gonna she's trying to figure she's making attempts to get to launch herself and she keeps like falling down but eventually she does succeed and get out because she needs to let the family know like uh your sheep are not here your sheep are not where they're supposed to be so yeah, Lassie comes to warn Matt, starts barking at him. He comes outside and he's looking around. It's like, where's our sheep? Lassie, where's our sheep, girl? So yep, he finds the sheep grazing near uh, the Garland place. And Matt's like, yep, Lassie, those are our sheep. Come on, let's bring them home. But Matt and Lassie run into some trouble once they get the sheep by the creek, by the creek there. Yeah, they have a couple unexpected visitors that don't like the idea of Matt taking off with their sheep. So, yeah, we get back to the house. Steve's hanging out on the porch. Jennifer comes out ready for school. And Steve's like, hey, where's your brother at? And, of course, Jennifer's like, Meh. And Steve says, well, he's going to miss the school. And he's like, hey, Matt, Matt. And Laura comes out. And she's like, well, he's not in there. And it's like, well, where is he? And Steve, you know, walks off the porch, and that's when he starts looking around and noticing, like, where are the sheep? And he's like, honey, the sheep are gone. You don't let kids be playing with rifles. <laughs> there we go. Throw it in the crib. So yeah, Josh has got a gun aimed at Lassie, and he's yelling at Matt, like, "Where are you going with our sheep?" And Matt says, "These aren't your sheep." And Josh says, put him back now. And he aims the scope of his rifle at Lassie. Matt sees, like, Josh is literally going to shoot Lassie. And grabs the gun and chucks it into the creek. And then, of course, Josh is like, that's my old man's best rifle. See, this is why you don't let 15 and 14-year-olds be playing with guns or even give them access to guns. Of course... Jim starts going after Matt, and they start, you know, going at it in the crick. Luckily, Matt knows how to defend himself and gets uh, Jim an arm lock. Josh ends up like, oh, that's my old man's best rifle. And he goes into the water, which is, that current is going really fast. And now Josh is gonna end up getting himself killed because now the current is starting to 
pull him away from the shore. Apparently Josh does not know how to swim. But then again, even if you can swim, I mean, the current's going to take you out anyway. But Matt can swim because he goes and he tries to save Josh. See, this is a good kid here. We keep cutting back to all these rocks in this, what basically is a river, and these little mini waterfalls. And I was like, my gosh. Jim is screaming for his dad. Like, his dad's going to be able to do anything. I mean, Matt's trying to help Josh, but Josh keeps flailing his arms. Like, I get it. Panic mode. I most likely would probably be doing that, too. So Matt is able to get him and Josh over to this large rock that they're able to get a hold of. And Josh is like, Matt, take my hand. And... The current pretty much just pulls at Matt and yanks him away out of arm's reach. So Steve and Laura are running through the woods and Steve's screaming Matt's name, Matt, Matt. And then here comes Lassie jumping into the water to save her boy. And it's just like, oh my God. And, and she does manage to get a hold of him and, you know, pull him over to safety. But then again, with that rushing current, it pulls Lassie away. He's got her. Which wouldn't have been in danger if he hadn't been doing what he was doing. Matt hugs Laura. 
tell you how sorry I am. Oh, shut up! No one wants to hear your sorry, jerk. Oh my goodness. Lassie gets swept away by the current and everything. And Steve jumps in and grabs Matt and pulls him out. And Matt runs to Laura and hugs her. And he's crying. And then, of course, we got Sam with Josh and Jim. And Jim's like, Matt saved Josh's life. And then Sam looks at Steve. And he's like, I can't tell you how sorry I am. I'm like... You can stuff your sorry, sir. Oh my gosh. I would have brought that man up on charges in a heartbeat. Like, you endangered my kid could have died because your sons are running around playing with freaking rifles. If that guy hadn't have taken their sheep, none of this would have went down and Lassie would have been fine. And I love how Steve doesn't even acknowledge... Sam's apology, which I wouldn't either. I would be suing that man. So now we go to the tree with Matt and Jennifer's mom's initials from when she was a young girl, and we see Matt is carving Lassie's name into the tree. And they're talking about how great a dog Lassie was. And how Jennifer says, you know, I, I was the first time one to see her, you know, on the side of the road. And, of course, as mentioned, like, we are going to need a sheepdog. And Matt says, then we'll get a lab, not a collie. And Steve says, well, we don't have to decide that today. <laughs> that is really good craftsmanship. You didn't even get the burner. But in a way, she'll always be here. And every time you come back to this place and you see her name, you think of her. Uh, she was a great dog. Beautiful. She was. I was the first one to see her. Remember? On the side of the road. No, Lassie was. A hero. She was. It's hard to imagine now, Matt, but he'll get you another dog and love that one just as much. No, I don't think so. Now we've got to have a sheepdog, Matt. And we'll get a shepherd or a lab. Not a problem. No, wait, let's not. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're just talking about how beautiful Lassie was, and Steve says, you know, old Lassie was, and Matt says, a hero. It's like, she was a hero. She saved that family in so many ways, and she saved that boy in so many ways. Not just in saving his life, but bringing him out of his his shell, and you know, they did this the the sheep farm and everything because this kid wanted to stay. He didn't want to go back to Baltimore. He already you know his transformation and everything. Unless he brought out the best in this kid and in this family and everything. 
So I'm going to play this clip here. We see that Lassie did, in fact, survive. But this music is just absolutely beautiful. So she does make her way home. And so this movie just does me in every time that I watch it. So we're back in school. Matt, of course, is drawing a beautiful picture of Lassie. As the teacher's going on about the Declaration of Independence in 1776 and how... In the spring, the class is going to take a, a, a trip to Thomas Jefferson's home. You do see April, who's sitting in a desk behind Matt. She does look sad. Like, she knows that Matt is really upset about losing Lassie. Josh is sitting right behind April. The teacher's going on and on about Thomas Jefferson's accomplishments, like a great man, a great president, world-renowned statesman, a horticulturalist. And the teacher says George Washington is known as the father of our country, but Jefferson is known as the father of the state of Virginia. And we see out the window, we see Lassie there, and she's taking her usual spot where she would wait for Matt until he got, after, got out after school. So Matt turns and looks out the window. It's almost like instinct is telling him to turn his head and look out the window. And he sees Lassie out there. Mind you, I mean, he thought Lassie had passed away. Remember, he said we didn't even get to bury her. You see Matt running across. (laughs) 
you see all the kids like watching Matt hug, run to Lassie and hug her and say, I love you. And I mean, April's tearing up. Jim and Josh are actually smiling like they're happy. Why they care? I don't know. <laughs> I hope that Matt's dad sued the heck out of Sam Garland and like, yeah, for what they did and the damage they did. And you see the camera kind of whirl around and pull back away from, you know, Matt and Lassie. And it's just such a sweet, sweet moment and a great ending to this beautiful movie. And, yeah, that's the review, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this movie as much as I did re-watching it after these last, like, few years. I just, I love this movie so much. It's just, it's all the animal movies I grew up watching as a kid. I mean, I love them so, so much. Isn't that right, Quinny? That's right, baby. <laughs> she mewed and then she yawned. <laughs> I think she's ready for her dinner because it's after five. Are you ready for din din, Quinny? Yeah? Din-din? Eh, I'm not getting them from her. She's like, what do you think? Of course I want dinner. Okay, so before I read the reviews on IMDb, usually I read one that's a 10 out of 10, and then I try to find one that's, like, a really bad review just to, like, disagree with it. So, but before I do that, I was looking on YouTube at behind-the-scenes stuff for the movie Lassie, and I did happen to find a review, not a review, excuse me, an interview with the boy who plays Matt Turner, Tom Gurry. And it's, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, he, I mean, the actor is probably, what, maybe 13, 14 years old, and just his <laughs> response is just like any teenage, any teenage. Interview, I guess. So I'm going to play this and then I'm going to read the two IMDb reviews for the movie.
I had to wear a wetsuit underneath my clothes and everything. It wasn't fun. I didn't like doing that scene. How long did you have to stay in the water? It took a week to do. Every day for a week? Yeah. Yeah, so it, was, it wasn't fun. <laughs> and towards the end, I guess you just dreaded going out there every day. Yeah, I did. Kind of. Well, I got it done. Okay, so I always like to read one 10 out of 10 review on IMDb, and then also maybe one that's like closer to one, just that way I can disagree with the reviewer. So, 10 out of 10. This review was from March 20 of 2005. Kids are supposed to have dogs. It helps them grow up right. Spoilers. Beautifully photographer in and around the hills and woods of the state of Virginia and wonderfully acted. The revival of the timeless story about the sensational sheepdog Lassie that never seems to lose its charm and affection no matter how many times you see it. The Turner family father, Steve, and his new wife, Laura, and two kids, Matt and Jennifer, John Tenney and Helen Slater, Tom Gurry and Brittany Boyd, left the big city of Baltimore to go live and work as sheep farmers. Well, actually, no, they didn't go there to do that. They just end up doing it. Work as sheep farmers in the picturesque countryside of rural Virginia at the house that Steve's late wife, Anne, left him. They come onto a tractor-trailer accident. 
Actually, that wasn't that was a semi-accident. Okay. All right. So, waiting for the state troopers and local fire department to clear the wreckage, the sweet and lovable Kali appears almost out of nowhere. With her master, the semi-driver killed, and now all alone, she's looking for a new home and chooses the Turners as their new best friends. At first, trying to ignore the cute canine, the dog is so persistent, following the Turners on the highway for miles that they decide to adopt her. It was the best decision they ever made. The movie Lassie grabbed you right from the start and never lets go, even after its emotional and heart-stirring final, that if you're not in tears by then, you're just not human. Courageous and detected Lassie wins over everyone she comes in contact with, the Turners, especially young Matt, who at first tried to have nothing to do with the playful pooch. Lassie even wins over the Garlands. She does? I, I don't think she do. The father and his two boys, Josh and Jim, who tried to kid or dog nap as well as shoot and kill Lassie. Uh, I'm guessing she means at the very end. That, you know, Jim and Josh are smiling as they're looking out the window at Matt reuniting with Lassie. As she tried to keep them from stealing the Turner's flock of some 400 sheep. Young Josh was also angry at the Turner's because his girl April, Michelle Williams, left him and a self-indulging macho he-man act for the much more sweet and sensitive as well as later brave Matt Turner. The Turner's neighbors were also very bitter at the newcomers for taking over the rich grazing land by putting up a barbed wire fence across it adjacent to their farm, the grazing land, which in fact belonged to the Turner's. Lassie prevailed over all the perils that came before her from a vicious dogfight with a wild wolf who she saved Matt from being attacked and possibly killed. To a fast-flowing and deadly whitewater stream that Lassie saved both Matt as well as Josh, who at first got into a fight with Matt over the stolen Turner sheep. Okay, this person is really going, uh, well, uh, that Josh and both his brother Tim and his dad Sam Garland tried to, oh, his brother Jim, and tried to commandeer away. Lassie showed Matt that friendship is not like the CD records and Walkman radios where you throw or lock them away and then buy new ones after you get tired with them. Friendship is a lifelong commitment. Matt, who at first didn't want to move to the country, what, no MTV? Saw that he missed in the clean, fresh air and healthy environment of the Virginia farmlands. This, while he was cooped up in the big city with nothing but rock, hard and soft music, and endless music videos to watch and waste his life. And hearing away with. Most of all, if he didn't move out to the country, he never would have got to know and become a lifelong friend like everyone else in the movie with Lassie. Yes, honestly... This dog and this move did change this boy. That I honestly I felt that that was meant to happen. And the, as soon as Matt honestly got rid of that headband bandana thing, it's like that was the marking of his transition. He's no longer unlisted. Even his his clothing changed. He was wearing dark clothes with like musical groups on them and then you know in hoodies and now and then he moved on to brighter like reddish plaid colors and stuff like that so now i'm going to find try to find a one out of ten just so we can like oh well, this person's all right all right it seems like the lowest star given is a two out of ten this is from january 8th 2006 entitled a major disappointment 
As a fan of thing, all things Lassie, I look forward to watching this film in 94, and at the end of it all, I regret to say I was disappointed. I guess I was expecting this film to be old-fashioned. However, this is a modern version of Lassie, and the children in this film enjoy the types of activities that children enjoy at this time in 1994. Lassie is able to convert them, however, to a more old-fashioned and slower-paced life. The film did little to engage me, and I do not think it worked well as a modern story. I cannot see older children wanting to see this film, and it seemed that is was targeted to, more to older children because of the age of the children in the film. If you want to watch a Lassie film, then I suggest classic Lassie Come Home or watch the old series of Jeff's Collie or Lassie. So, But then again, I always say to each their own when it comes to reviews. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But I love this movie. I just I think it's so, so great. So we'll see, like I said, when it comes to July, what I'm going to be able to put out there. As far as I was planning for Far From Home, Adventures of Yellow Dog, or I might even just do Old Yellow because I love that movie as well. So, all right. Like I said, I hope you all enjoyed the review. I love reviewing this movie, and I'll be back in July with a new one. All right. Bye-bye, everybody.